you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 3, Ought 3. Every time. No, it's not live some um play some Beatles because of the salute that they did this week okay we'll do some Beatles that's that's a that's an easy one uh definitely the new Sharon Jones on the Death Kings record which is fantastic I've been hearing that on NPR yeah it's really good Ed, you've listened to it David right yes that's your that's your namesake band that, yeah, and boy. it's it's quite it's it's kept me company as I've been fucking shoveling the past couple of weeks uh, get ready again tomorrow brother oh, yep that's right, um, and I'm sure we're out of the, out of the music break now, um, and we'll get to introductions in a second. But but in all seriousness, I've been giving our southern friends a hard time the last couple weeks yeah, because be nice. because because of, you know, two inches of snow and it shuts down cities and that kind of stuff. But in and, and it was joking. But in all seriousness, apparently there is some really really nasty ice storms hitting. Uh, Georgia and other parts. Yeah, dude. That's the right thing. Now, I mean, so, yeah. we, it, like, like you know, we've taken for granted the, I mean, these are acts of God, so it would be equivalent to, like, you know, uh, Chicago being hit by, like, a giant tidal wave. Like, it's just, you know, c- certain things the, the certain cities are prepared for, others they're not. I mean, you know, Atlanta and Tennessee <laughs> are not used to snow. So, so, so all, all I'm know. saying is that it's the 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 one in Atlanta. I, it was chuckle worthy because it kind of shut down the city. What's going on right now is actually dangerous, and a lot of uh, power going out, and you know, massive, massive ice storms. So my thoughts are with all the folks down there, and uh, and I hope that you get through it okay. So oh, this is. David, we have the pleasure of having Nice Chris on tonight this week. Right? Nice. Speaking of, everyone, you're listening to uh, to 11 O'Clock Comics and uh, and sitting uh, in in the uh, the captain's chair, I guess is what we call it, uh, for, for Vince, who is not here this week, and you just heard all of the iPods turn off, right? Um, I don't know. We'll get him back now. <laughs> and I am uh, I'm Christopher Neesman. You are Christopher Neesman. I am David Price. 
You are, and I am Battle Pug. <laughs> oh, you're now. Do I correct him or do you correct? You correct. Him? Oh, no way, man. Who yeah, is he? That's uh, uh, oh, just Jason Wood. It is Jason. <laughs> yes. And now we know why Mike's never been on. <laughs> my my, I, my I, podcasting prowess is known far and wide. Mike's been podcasting longer than we have. Yeah, I'm not good at it. I just have right. Uh, yeah, no practice. Definitely perfect. Did, did, did crankcast start before AC? Oh yeah, we have uh, we have uh, mid four hundreds. I think. Holy AC. shit! Yeah. Wow, you guys. It's were... going to be ten years and like, next or good lord. After. Wow, you guys were ground for. You were one of the originals. Yeah, but we. I feel bad for people that like buy that podcast book and we're in there and. <laughs> and, we're just, and, and really, it's 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 kind of insulting to actual comic podcasts. I was thinking about that podcast book the other day, just because you know we we started our show after the book came out, and I was thinking like, what that must read like now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know right. if it's aged incredibly well. Um, but, uh, you know, well, considering all the featured shows are default, defunct now. Well, it, yeah, it's, it, well, it's, it's CGS. CGS is still recording, right? Yeah. Well, I should say the. Yeah, I was going to say I should say the. I'm being a little facetious, but but I mean the. Uh, I guess the. I mean AC's gone. Mm-hmm. CGS is still around, but, but Peter's gone. Deemer's yes. gone. Murd's gone. I mean, not Murd. Uh, the pants is gone. Oh, pants, uh, pants is gone. Yeah, Pants left a while ago. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, you know... Uh, crit- so yeah. just going to comic shows full-time? Yeah, he just, collect, he just collects 52 pages um, as, a, as, as his primary job now, I guess. Mm. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, of course. You know, I, I look at that book as being um, a really interesting time capsule uh, of that, you know, a snapshot of, oh, definitely. of that, that time in podcasting, which is kind of cool. Um, Back you, when everyone was delusional enough to think there was, like, a business to be had here. You know what? It's... Uh, <laughs> There was a, a certainly a uh, a thought from you know several of the uh, podcasts that you know it's like hey there might be something here it was a brand new media it was something that you know engaged consumers and you know we had uh, we had borders approach us um, as you know as a sponsor and we thought that was going to be you know big doings and you know now here we are borders doesn't even exist anymore. I think the intro music should be Glory Days. But one of the things from the very beginning that has been um, just a staple for all of the podcasts and something that has been there from the beginning is uh, the the sponsor that has that has taken care of a lot of shows and that's Discount Comic Book Service. Yes, uh, yeah, that's right, DCBService.com, and they do sponsor this show they have since the very beginning uh, I believe so that's right uh, as, as you know if you listen to the show uh, we've been um, big fans of theirs for years and years and years it is the place to go and get your deep discounted pre-orders on all of your comic books uh, just uh, order up your, your issue of previews and you'll save uh, what is it 30 to 75 percent on, on comics um, we are they are not doing the uh, the initial pre-order code anymore uh, but uh, but you still get great discounts and if you do become uh, a discount comic book service a subscriber uh, definitely let them know that uh, that you came to them through us it uh, it makes us feel very good and, and they they continue to uh, to support us like they do a lot of other podcasts definitely and you know it's interesting that you because now that you mentioned that I, I've I've been wanting to mention this for a while. I um, 
I, I, for the longest time, I assumed not just on our show, but you know, other shows that use DCBS and they were using those codes. I assumed that like. I always wondered, like, if we if those codes ever got used, you know, like if 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 we actually ever brought business. Apparently, but, they did. Yeah, because well, and when we saw Christina uh, and the rest of the crew and Cam um, uh, at uh, at at New York Comic Con, um, yeah, I mean, she she made a point of saying that like we we bring them a ton of business, like fairly consistently, and that that obviously that makes me happy. But I was I, I was pleasantly surprised, you know, like because I just you know you kind of figure like. You figure there's like a probably an initial pop when a new show kind of picks up steam, but then at, at some point, you know, there's there that that levels off. So it's nice to hear that that they do consistently get new business from from us and and other shows as well that they sponsor. It's it's oh, it's yeah, pretty sure. Sure, and you look at how much they've grown, and they were I think they were very smart, uh, kind of tapping into the podcast thing very early. They understood the importance of an engaged consumer, and it's 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 interesting oh, because oh yeah, I mean you see it in. In corporate America right they, now, you know. they, they, yeah, and they're huge supporters of indie life, indie books, and stuff like that. And I mean, they've they've always like whenever I have something out, they make it like a a, a special or something like mm-hmm. that. And they're just like that. They can't. That's 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 kind of stuff that comes back in good karma. I think they they know what they're doing. Hopefully. Well, guys, you look working out for them. Oh, you look how much they've grown. They own what they they, they took over mail order comics, right? And and tales of wonder, and, yeah, and yeah, Good. yeah. So, have we properly welcomed our guest to the show? Oh, I oh, yeah, who I am. Um, <laughs> we are actually recording from it. the The sound is going to be a little bit different than than normal because uh, we have our guest, Mr. Mike Norton, here. The newlywed, the newlywed, Mike Norton, and we are. Uh, so, what? What do we? Is this the Nort Cave? Is it just Mike's basement? Nort Cave it, sounds dumb. Well, Chris didn't come I didn't up with mean it. That you're dumb. I just like <laughs> this is. Uh, we'll call it Norton's Pub because I got the Norton oh. thing over there. And oh, I know David's going to like that. And uh, you know, Eric named it after me anyway. Oh, is that is that where the yeah yeah? So um, Norton's Pub is named after you. Mm-hmm. So I can uh, I I want to get one of the signs, but like the old motorcycle thing is pretty much the same logo as the as the Norton's Pub That's logo. Cool. Anyway, I got that. Um, so we're so we're in Mike's basement. Um, Mike moved pretty close to me um, this past this, the summer. Fall. Yeah, April. Yeah. April. Oh. So oh my gosh! April. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so um, um, I was. I knew that he was moving in here, and it was actually last curling season. Because I'm up at a bond field <laughs> up in. You're gonna love this, Jason. It always comes back to curling. So I'm up. I'm up in Wisconsin. It, I think it was like Monroe, Wisconsin, maybe. And we go into this little um, stop and rob, and it amazingly had like this great selection of beer. Which you know, it's Wisconsin, so I actually mm-hmm. wasn't that surprised. But they had all of these tin and metal signs and like this big oh, right. band. Is that where you got it? And so I started like digging through these and they're like all like old, you know, like Coke ads and, and that kind of stuff. But then there's a Norton motorcycle yeah. tin sign. And I was like, oh yep, I got I know I know who I'm giving this yeah. to. And it's uh it's up uh, above, above Mike's bar. So it's very nice. You have right? a bar in my basement. It's yeah. the dream. It this is I want your house. Yeah <laughs> I have it. You have uh, you have pit bulls. So. I do have pit bulls. Living the dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty lucky. I'm sitting here with the battle pug on my on my lap. Nice, mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Mo. 
Um, and we, we are having uh, a beverage, which I guess we should probably um, talk yeah. about. Uh, Jason, why don't you lead us off on this week's drink roll call? Uh, sure. I am drinking, um, I've had a couple of these of late. I'm drinking uh, Guinness Stout. Yes, it's, I've been enjoying it the last few last few months. I've been enjoying cracking it back open. I had kind of gotten away from Guinness. You know, you you have these phases, right, where you have a certain beer that you love and you drink it, and then I, I hadn't really drank Guinness in a long time, and then now it's kind of back. It's back doing me right. Nice, nice. It's a good time of year for it. Yeah. How about you, Mr. Price? Uh, well, to to fight some of the nip in the air, I am uh, drinking some Buffalo Trace. There you go. Nice. Are you in a Buffalo stance? No, I am not in the Buffalo stance, sorry. You, got, you, you don't do the dive every time we dance? You don't. Uh, Mike, <laughs> Mike, Mike took my, my idea and ran with it, which, which I think was very successful. Uh, for his housewarming party, it was a stock the bar party. Nicely done, sir. And you have a very nice selection of bourbon up there. I have a lot of bourbon. I yeah, like bourbon. He's got yeah. He's got about he's got about what eight ten bottles of bourbon up there, yeah, among other bad. stuff. Oh, easily. So yeah, we may have to get into some bourbon. You got some old granddad. I do. Mm-hmm. I have everything. Nice. Uh, we are drinking because we're sharing. Uh, mm. The uh, it's from what Bam Noir. There's, I don't think that's the brewery. What's the brewery? Or that's the name of it. Yeah. What's the brewery? Oh, it's from Jolly Pumpkin. Artisan Ales, and it's called the Bam Noir. It is a dark farmhouse farmhouse ale. And it's, it's an a, interesting tasting beer. It's a it's almost a sour. Yeah, it's a dark. It's like a a, a dark. Uh, it's almost Belgian. Yeah, so it's, it's like it's, a dark Belgian. Like yeah, I, they don't seem to go together. You do you like it? I like it all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. I'll drink it. <laughs> no, it's it's a, it's a farmhouse ale. So I mean, whenever I see a farmhouse ale, that that says you know, drink this with food. That's something yes, that's good to have with, yeah, with it's dinner. Not, it's not like a it's not a Guinness. Yeah, you can have this and not feel over oversaturated. Yeah, but it's a it's a um, it's got a lot of sour to it. It's almost that's the Belgian is what yeah. you're getting. It's so it's it's almost like a sour brown ale. So yeah, really, really yummy. So it's the the Bam Noir. So, yeah. apropos, considering we have a guest on who writes uh, mm-hmm. a rural noir. Rural noir. Yeah, we tried. We tried to get a. a uh, well, that'll have to be another sidetrack story. But we tried to get a revival beer going, but some of the breweries around here didn't think it was uh, as marketable as. Maybe now that Stephen King's maybe now that Stephen King's got a book coming out yeah. called it, they'll yeah. reconsider. Yeah. Telling it was Vince's favorite book last year. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's Vince is going to be upset because that was that was was it his favorite book? Was that- it was his, I think it was his favorite horror, and yeah, I mean any t- yeah, no, it wasn't no, it wasn't his horror. Remember, no. it wasn't. No, oh, he crossed gave, was. Yeah, crossed was. He gave it uh, his favorite. Uh, I'll look it up. Hold on one second. It was definitely. He, I think it won three of Vince's revival. Yeah. Won three awards from Vince. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's very nice. He's going to be very, very upset. Which we should probably uh, let's go ahead and, and kick off now yeah. that we're twenty minutes into this. Go, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Uh, the dog in. Oh, okay. You're going to do a good. Yeah, yeah. We've got another another pug to get. So yeah. he's got to go get the little black one. How you guys doing? 
What's the weather like out there? <laughs> it's it's the calm before the storm. It, yeah, I'm exactly. Not say the School's already been canceled. Yeah, I'm, I'm not working tomorrow. David, yeah. have you worked at all? I've worked. Uh, yeah, we worked three days last week, and because I had a dentist appointment today, I didn't go in. So, uh, depending on whatever time we go in Friday, I'll have worked three days this week. Um, I'm, I, I don't mind these work three days, get paid for five weeks. This is good. This is, and this is not. This is not the oh, we're so awesome, on you know, humble brag kind of thing. But seriously, we've had sixty inches, over sixty inches of snow this year. Well, not one fucking snow day. Are you sitting? Wow. Not one. Not one. Yeah, the, this is a little bit of a the, – the kids now are sort of with – this, with this one tomorrow, it's officially becomes bittersweet for them because uh, tomorrow is the first one where they have to make it up. So this is <laughs> now, easy to uh, spring break, yeah. Okay. See, now I know that some people on, on campus were thinking about canceling spring break in March, but I know watching the news yesterday, um, some people were talking about – Having the year now extend in into June or make up the days on like Saturdays, and I know some mm-hmm. people were complaining about that because Saturday is where you know other people have made families have made plans, and it would be easier to just extend the school year past the end of the. So, the, so, the, the so this is the this is the point where you start to have to pay a price. Yes. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. CPS is Chicago Public Schools has been closed two three days this year, and they just don't do that. And it was because it wasn't because of snow; it was because of bitter cold. Right. So I mean, it's we it hasn't been above freezing for five weeks. It's over. It's well over a month. They were talking to a guy who lives in New York. He just came back from Chicago, where he said it was like seventeen below, and he's walking around with with, with his jacket open. He says it feels like Miami now that he's back home. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's been it's been brutal here. It's uh, I think next week we, it's rumored that we might get into the forties. I'll be wearing shorts. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's gonna it's a fifty it's a fifty degree weather storm. So anyway, so Mike is back. He's got all of his pugs around. All right. Well, let's get this out of the way first of all. Mike uh, officially Vince denoted revival as his favorite crime mystery book and uh the big one he uh awarded you guys his favorite ongoing series of the year awesome cool so there you uh, go i wish some other places had noticed that we were doing a book (laughs) (laughs) well there you go sir and and not not to be like into myself or anything but i really thought that we might get some some nods last year, but yeah. there was just too much good stuff. It was it was a good year, but you guys are doing well. The book's selling. Oh, well. I'm, I couldn't be happier. It's yeah. been awesome. I, I mean, this is exactly what I. Dude, how do you find time to do that? I'm just going to ask him when he sleeps. Time? Like, it, are you? But were you guys doing the occultist in this simultaneously? Like, were you doing a two books a month? A little bit. I I got a real long lead. Is that over there? Yeah. Is that? Oh, I'm gonna go. Yeah, go get it. Go it's, it. I have a. I got a real long lead time on that, so okay. I start whenever I'm doing a second project. It's a secret to my how I do that is that I, if I'm going to do something, I find out way in advance and I start working on it so that I'm pretty much almost done by the time anybody even knows that I'm working on it. Ah, uh, very nice. So yeah, I was I was pretty much done with that entire series by the time the first issue even came out. Okay, but I was doing it simultaneously. I just took it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't technically two books a month. I was like doing revival and then you know most of an issue. Or yeah, I could get done with an issue. 
Well, your your ears must be ringing because not only did you get some love on the eleven o'clock Oscars, but um, I I I finally caught up on Revival last week and spent a long time talking about. I to that. Oh, cool! So you, you did actually like it, or did you think it moved too slow? No, I liked it a lot. Did, wait, just you just said you listened to it and. Wait. I mean, I know you did because you did mention how it's uh, it's very you know subtle and very. Uh, oh yeah, but I mean, I, I said it in a great way. I said it's it's a slow burn, but I mean, it, it's engaging. Every issue is engaging. I mean, to me, the litmus test is you know, do the issues stand on their own? You know, there are plenty of books I think in um, in the modern comics world, and this isn't a bad thing necessarily. Where I think you know, it almost makes sense to wait for the trade, so to speak, in the sense that you know, each oh, issue. Definitely, yeah. But, but I. I think your book definitely stands on its own issue to issue. I, I uh, but what I, what I was saying is, is you guys were playing the long game, meaning like you're you're building a, a lot of different characters and a lot of arcs, and that's yeah. Yeah, you're, you know, you, everything you said last time was correct. I was just trying to make sure because you know it's one of those things that definitely makes Tim very insecure about it because he's 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 doing all the heavy lifting with the writing. I, I just come in with. Ideas, and then I read a script, and I tell him what I do or don't like. You know, sure. Yeah. When, and you guys, and you guys get to do that in the same room because you're. you're oh yeah, because they're they're a part of Four Star Studios best, together, so yeah, you work together, like best, actually together. It's the best collaboration you could we could do, but uh, yeah, he gets worried about that, about how because it, it is that balancing act where you you're doing a monthly comic, so you have to make sure that it's fits in that monthly comic format but we did i mean when we first came up with it we're like what do you like mike is what tim says and i'm like well i like these i mean i was really into lost and lost had just pretty much ended around that time. don't say nothing you were angry, you were angry. <laughs> I, no i was one of the you few okay people that wasn't angry about la, 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 la. Well, that not, i'm not telling you how it ended okay thank you uh, it just, it, it, starbuck is an angel yeah. oh perfect uh, uh, <laughs> I didn't mind that at, that in either. Me neither. Neither did I. But uh, it's a sled. It's a sled. <laughs> um, but it it was one of those things where I thought they did as good a job as they could have with what they at, with how they were doing it. Now, if they were you know up front and told everybody that they didn't have a whole thing planned out like they said they did, uh, doing that George Lucas thing. Um, but uh, then I, I would have been a lot better about it. But uh, that's the thing when Tim told me that I was like, "Well, I really like Lost, but let's do something like that where we actually know what's going to happen." <laughs> so we, we planned all that. We planned everything out. We know exactly what's going to happen. We just don't know the in between, uh, like uh, you know, X to. You know, A to B to C to that kind of stuff. We we play around with that. It's kind of how I do Battle Pug. I know exactly how Battle Pug ends and the certain milestones that are going to happen in every year. I just don't know the A to B to C that kind of stuff. So I'm, that that leaves a, little, a lot for it to be fresh and fun. Um, otherwise, you've written the whole thing five years in advance and while you're working on it it's no fun because you're just like I feel like I wrote this already oh wait I did yeah you know that kind of thing yeah um and do you, do you leave room to you know go off oh yeah definitely there's that. tons of stuff already that been in a revival that we didn't plan on okay. happening we just know that we have to make allowances for you know uh there's character you're, you're gonna love this and Jason is gonna love it even more 
I'm up at the curling club last mm-hmm. week. I... And, and one of my one of my friends comes up to say, I'm a comics fan. And he's like, yeah, so my wife came home, and he reads comics occasionally. I would say he's, he's probably like a, a two or three trades a year kind of comic reader. And he's like, yeah, yeah, my wife came home, and, uh, and, she, gave me, and, and she gave me this book, uh, Revival. And it's really, really good. Have you Without you knowing about it? Without. We, he did, he you didn't did, suggest it? I did not suggest it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I'm familiar with it. So, yeah, yeah, so that was uh, just kind of a random someone came up. Well, that's always the compliment you want. You want the compliment that comes without, like, a relative. A solicitation. Telling them to go do it. You should read Watchmen. Yes. Uh, So, I'm sorry, but but go ahead with, with, like, your planning and... and, and Well, no, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, we we have this slow burn thing going, and it's, it's all... Pretty much by design. It's funny we had this conversation today because I just started watching that True Detective TV show. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, I told Tim, I don't know if I want you to watch this show because you're either gonna go, "Hey, this is exactly what we want with Revival," yeah, or you're gonna just stop writing because it is exactly so, what he wants to do with Revival. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> he. Uh, it, I was I've watched two episodes of it. Amazing character work. I've heard it's some. Not much has happened though. Yeah. But it's so intense and so you're so interested in what the characters are doing that you almost forget that really only like two days have passed by yeah. in the span of yeah. two episodes. And and that's kind of what we're doing with the whole uh, revival thing. Not that I think that we're even doing that close of. Well, a no, but work. it's 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 such big character work. You guys, it, it's. It is a huge cast of characters that you got. Yeah, and that uh, it's really hard for Tim. He stresses out. He'd rather be writing uh, Batman or Cassie or any of those characters any day of the week. But it doesn't mean that he likes it more. It's just easier for him to do. Oh, sure, sure. Too many moving parts. Yeah. Well, and it, and it all takes place in Wausau, right? Yep. Which is Tim's hometown. Yep. I've been that, there several times. And that was uh, one of the one of the guys uh, or. The, the guy at the Carolyn Club was impressed because of the the accuracy of, because he's been through Wausau. It's like, well, yeah, the guy who writes it is from there. Yeah, most know? of the places are real except for, like, there's a lot of the restaurants and bars we change the names of. But they're so did did, uh, did Seeley bang a, uh, a sheriff's deputy back in the day? Is that... Uh... No, no, he's been <laughs> arrested there. <laughs> there you go. Talk about airing out his launch. No, that was Madison. That wasn't Wausau. I think he would have gotten in trouble with his parents if it was Madison. <laughs> nice experience with the authorities in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, and you mentioned Battle Club. Yeah, um, yeah. What's what's going? On? You've got the uh, the two hardcovers out now. Yeah, we're working on the third one right now. Uh, Dark Horse. Uh, has that distribution thing with uh, Random House now. Mm-hmm. So their solicitation schedule's all wacky-whack, so it probably won't come out until October instead of July now. But uh, but if you want to read it, you can go online. Yeah, there's yeah, it's all up there. We just started um, year four, and I have five planned. So, Dude, how does someone that draws a monthly book supplements that with another book and then draws a webcomic, how do you manage to go away to Hawaii for a honeymoon? 
to get married and do a honeymoon. Oh my god, dude, that was really uh, just a uh, um, uh, serendipitous moment with scheduling. Like I so, finished, I finished Top Secret Project and an issue of Revival, so I had like. Oh, yet to be named project. Yeah, and then I, no, it's called Top Secret. It's Secret called Top Project. Secret project. Dude, you know the rule was if you were going to finally if we were going to finally let you on the show after six years, you had to break the you have to break the story here. It is a book that you have all read and talked about on the show. Interesting. Although we we have read and talked about a shit ton of books. <laughs> One of the three of us is going to know what this book is. Wait, you're the new, you're the new artist on Crossed Badlands. <laughs> Vince is going to plot. I can't. I can't look at Cross. That stuff makes me neither. I really can't. You're not alone. Yeah, it's. I read the I read the first trade and. I I had to take a shower afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was rough, but God. a lot of our listeners though share Vince's enthusiasm for the book. It seems a lot of people like it. It wouldn't sell so much. Definitely, yeah. So what's this occultist thing? That just ended this past week. Okay, that is a mini series. Uh, Mike Richardson at Dark Horse created the characters, and it goes into their whole uh, project uh, Black Sky or whatever it is that they're doing, where they're bringing. All of the old Dark Horse characters and some of the old like '40s characters that they bought rights to, like otherwise known as Star Wars Contingency Plan <laughs> Operation. Sort of. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's what they were thinking of when they did it, because I mean, you know, the the, the whole idea of starting a superhero line is not like the safest way to. No, no. That's when your established property Star Wars is going away. Let's mm-hmm. let's start something even riskier than. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, think I, I just, was going. It was like, my God, get get Mignol on the line. Yeah, we need we need, we need fifteen more Hellboy comics to come out. Well, I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about uh, the Serenity comic that just came out, yeah. which I'm actually intrigued by because I, I really did enjoy that show. Yeah. Um, and it's actually the arts by George Shanti, who's I think sort of becoming like the the yeah. guy who draws Whedon characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but about the for- but the, the, this, these these podcasters are a little bit uh, let's just let's just how we say a little bit less experienced in the world of comics than than we all grizzly veterans are. Yeah. And and as they were talking about it, they liked the book and they said some of the effect of yeah, you know, and and I could really see this uh, this Whedon verse like being the thing that replaces the the Star Wars license for Dark Horse. Oh. And I was like, well, first of all, they've had the Whedonverse at Dark Horse for a long time. Second of all, I love me some Whedonverse. And I, I think these comics that they do, like many things Dark Horse, have been generally high quality. But come on. I mean, it's yeah. like – it's like, be, And Jason will love this. It's like uh, me saying, you know, I think curling on TV, that could be like NFL. This is the – Exactly. Yeah. Future sport. Yeah. It's like, no. We understand the niche that we are, and I think yeah, that yeah. Whedon versus Star Wars. God, God bless Joss, you know, and his and his brother. Well, that's. I mean, I think yeah. Dark. Well, getting back to the whole superhero thing, I think Dark Horse is very good at figuring out what does and doesn't sell for them, and they don't really risk a lot when they put out a book, to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's silly to think that Star Wars won't uh, affect their bottom line, obviously, but they. They, I don't think they were hurting that much before, 
and they'll just have to make the necessary adjustments after. Yeah, and they've been around for a long time. It's a, Richardson's a savvy guy. He, he is. He's very it. smart. I was. Just, I actually just talked to him the other day on the phone, which was the first for me. Oh, that's cool. And, well, it, it, <laughs> if you don't like being on the phone, it's not. <laughs> it's uh, it, it, and it's weird. It's like talking to what, who's that famous producer? The, like the kid stays in the picture guy. The guy that movie, the kid stays in the picture. The guy that produced uh, Godfather. Oh, and you uh, looked like he had the super spray tan, the gold rings, and stuff like that. Oh, oh, oh! You mean Robert Evans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like talking to Robert Evans. Really? Yeah. He's not like he's not like blowing smoke up your ass, but he's just got. Everything turns into like this story about something. And you're just like, wow, this guy has <laughs> seen a lot of stuff. Oh, sure, yeah, he's been through it. Well, look, he's smart. I mean, he owns half a Hellboy. That that's that that helps. Has to pay some bills. I mean, mm-hmm. sure. yeah. Sure. So I I love that you know Mike for as long as I've known him, it's been like I just don't like to talk, man. And Crankcast is going to be on 400. I, do you listen to the Crankcast? I don't do a lot of talking. <laughs> putting it in the studio is the smartest thing I ever did because now everybody else talks to Crank, so he doesn't complain that I'm not saying anything. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, most, I, most of the time, it's just me yelling at Crank. <laughs> I find it hilarious for you to say that you don't like to talk in the sense that. Um, Number one, you you have been on a lot of podcasts as a guest, uh, and number two, like having been to a trillion cons and interacted with uh, you know thousands of artists and creators, um, you're one of the most affable. Like you, you're always very friendly to everybody. <laughs> no, but dude, but there's a demeanor. Like you can tell when you go to Artist Alley, there are guys who may be there and may be polite, but are very uncomfortable socially. Well, and am, you never am, come off that way. very uncomfortable. Don't let it... I mean, I feel... It's, people are very nice, and it's really hard to not be nice. I mean, we've thrown, we've thrown back drinks with you, which is, again, a sign that... I mean, I, I don't know. but I mean, I'll take... Obviously, you know yourself. I'm not, I'm not saying I hate all of every minute of it. You're not a misanthrope. No, I'm not. It's, uh, it's just very difficult for me to get out of that. Uh, weird shell of the fat kid in middle school. Yeah, <laughs> made fun of. You know, it's very awkward for me. You're talking to your people. Yeah, I know I'm talking to people. <laughs> still, <laughs> still. You know, one thing I was gonna. You know, we're talking about you know Battle Pug and, and revival and occultists and how busy you are. And well, I don't want to sidetrack the show. Well, no, I thought that's what well, we had you on. It's you know, this is this is why we want to talk with you and. I've, I've I've been lucky enough to to know you for God. Is it how long is it now? I mean, it's long time. It's a day or two now. And so, you know, I've been, I've been lucky enough to see you. you know, Does that sound one of the dogs like moaning? <laughs> it's, it's ninja. Yeah. Ninja. My lord, dude! I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it sounds like, but <laughs> no. So so I so I come in tonight into Mike's house and, and he's like, well, I'm going to put the dogs, you know, up here, you know, with, uh, with Julie. And I'm just like, no, they, they can come down. We'll, you know, they can hang out. And he's like, no, they'll be noisy and, and, you know, click clacking and whining. And I was like, have you ever listened to our show? It's like, if I don't have dogs click clacking around well, and whining. I never and, hear your dogs. Though. Yeah. That's, you have Georgia here. But yeah, ninjas, ninja is definitely giving Mike the sideways stare yeah, right he's now. He's not happy that he's down here. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, um, I've been lucky enough to see your your career. I mean, you were working obviously whenever I whenever I met you, you were uh-huh. working in comics. Yeah. But you know, I've seen you 
go through doing independent comics and then getting into mainstream work and then becoming an exclusive artist and going through work at Marvel or at DC and, you know, Marvel and then DC and then Marvel. What about Devil's Due, dude? And, oh, well, yeah, yeah. Was, that was kind of the tail Ultron and G.I. Joe. That was kind of the tail end whenever I met you. Had, you, had, you had been at, at Devil's Due. But, you know, so it was like, you know. Weren't you the creative director there, Mike, for a while? Art director? Yeah, I was. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't saying a lot. I mean, I mean, because uh, really there wasn't a whole lot of... Uh, Creative decisions I got to make. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was really title only because most if if it wasn't Hasbro telling us we couldn't do it, it was <laughs> it was Josh saying that we couldn't. Well, there there yeah, there's a GI Joe uh, issue I want to talk uh, about in a minute, but yeah, um, yeah, you know the you I'm know the issue sure. I'm talking about. Uh, but you know, so you've gone through that that arc of independent work, big two work, and uh-huh. now you're back. And I'm not even going to call it independent work. You, you've gone to create your own. Uh-huh. You know what's that? What's that career arc been for you? And you know, being you know, hindsight of I know that for a lot of a lot of aspiring comic book creators, it is I want to draw Spider-Man. Yep. And you've done that. Yep. And now you're here. So you know, as a grizzled veteran now, what's your kind of <laughs> you know looking back on that? Uh, Come here, Mel. Um. Well, I mean, I I was one of those guys. Me and Sean McKeever both started out at the same time, and we both got we started doing independent comics with the sole intentions of working on Spider Man at some point. I mean, it was that uh, specific. Mm-hmm. You know, we wanted to do Spider Man, and uh, so we would go to SBX and feel like we were already sellouts because we didn't want anybody to know that we were good wanting to draw Spider Man. So yeah. Um, and then we got to do all that stuff. And I feel like this is going to turn into a story where I'm bad-mouthing Marvel and DC. No, it's no, not. no. It's just that the experience that I had uh, doing stuff there, um, it's just never going to be as rewarding as doing your own thing and still having whatever... Like, if, you have, if you're working on a book at Marvel and DC that's doing... Uh, okay, is is never going to be as rewarding an experience as doing your own book that does okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Because you're going to be putting up with a lot of stuff, and that's kind of what happened up my years. Like I was, I was, I, I was so lucky working at DC exclusively because I got to work with a lot of people that I've always looked up to. Like, you know, I got to work with Bill Sienkiewicz and Jerry Wardway and. Kurt Busick and you know guys that I just idolize. I still idolize. You know? I'm sorry, Ninja's cracking me up. But, uh, <laughs> you guys can hear that, right? Oh yes. <laughs> sorry, I'm Ninja. He's very talkative right now. But I mean, I got to I got to do all that stuff, and I'm super lucky, and I'm I'm, I'm glad that I did it. But you know, after a while, you start to realize, oh, you're still at the at the end of the day, you're still uh, uh, your work for hire, and, mm-hmm. and tomorrow you could be replaced with somebody, which I don't think a lot of people concern themselves with, especially if they're you know um, currently getting work. But I mean, it dried up for me, and, and the fact of the matter is, a lot of people were just weren't calling anymore. Yeah, and I honestly, I still haven't gotten any calls from like 
Marvel or DC since my last Marvel series, which was, I mean, I mean, I worked on Young Avengers, but that was, I did backgrounds for Jamie, and Jamie hired me. It wasn't like, yeah. Jamie asked me to do it. It wasn't like they called me up. And yeah, McKelvey. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so I haven't really been asked to do anything since Youth and Revolt, the, the, the what was that? That was the, Fear itself. Oh my God! Yeah, and and before, oh, wow. and at DC it wasn't uh, like when Young Justice started. So wow, it's been a while since I've gotten to work with those guys. Uh, I did a Superman story for the digital thing, which was awesome. Uh, but since then, I started doing you know my own books, which started to pay the bills, and I was like, well, I'm lucky enough. That this is happening, mm-hmm. so I'm going to try and do that until you know. And then if it doesn't, if I can't make the bills anymore, are, I'll ask Marvel. Are you are you happier now doing stuff like Revival and Battle Pug? Yes. It, than you were doing that. Yes. Okay. But here's the thing: when I was doing that stuff, I would have thought no. Okay. I would have thought I have nothing to say. I don't have any ideas. And uh, and I want to make superhero comics for other people because this is what I feel comfortable with. Well, it's it, it's interesting we're having this conversation because I don't know if you remember this, Mike, but um, back when the Kirkman Manifesto. Oh, yeah, you, I, re- I remember the Kirkman Manifesto. <laughs> well, no, no. The the reason I bring it up is that uh, I actually used you on our show as an example because when it happened, um, I made the point I think on Twitter about well, you know, the the, the manifesto is what it is, but. What about the guys that actually want to draw, you know, like you, Superman or X-Men? And you, right. yeah. you actually chimed in, I think, even on our forums back when you yeah. actually visited our forums. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> uh, I know you've given up forums, but no, but you and you, you made the point. You were said, listen, I'm one of those guys. You know, I've, I've always wanted to draw. Girls. You bring that up and it's funny because, you know, Kirkman uh, brought it up, too. Kirkman made it made me an example at the Baltimore Comic Con. Really, the year that that manifesto came out because here's here's the story as I remember it. I was mm-hmm. sitting at my table and Kirkman came up to the table and I said, "Hey, I saw your manifesto thing. It gave me a lot of ideas. I, I I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to do something like that sometime." He's like, "Oh, that's cool." And uh, at the time, I was working on Green Arrow. Yeah. yeah. I come back from Baltimore Comic Con and hear the recap of, of Robert Kirkman's panel at Baltimore about how everybody should do their own book and how the guy that works for Green Arrow is never going to, not going to, he's not doing his own book. They're not going to take care of him. And I was like, wait a minute. Are you saying the, you know, <laughs> hypothetical <laughs> Green Arrow? Or the guy that you just talked to before you went to that panel? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> And that's why I killed him in battle. <laughs> that's funny <laughs> that's awesome um, what's going on with the answer uh, nothing right now um, okay. I, I, I have plans for it I really enjoyed that thanks dude. Yeah, that great. means a lot to me because that was like something that's been brewing in my head since yeah I, I, I was working at how much how much of that was you how much of that was, was hopeless a lot of it was hopeless hopeless is a fantastic writer and I yes, yes. They, they really, he got 
his they threw him into the fire. His like he he did that Legion of Monsters, which was pretty good. Yes, it was. Yeah. Threw him into the fire right after that by giving him a no-win situation by that book that he did where everybody was. The Avengers Arena? Yeah, it's like, oh, you child killer, blah, blah, blah. They gave me a book that told me to kill children. What do you want? Wait, <laughs> I would actually, that's one of the things I want to talk about this week. I, I actually finished finished Avengers Arena this oh, week. Oh, I, I think it was an awesome series. I, I I've think known, uh, I've known that he is a good writer since back in the days of... Uh, of Gearless. Of Gearhead, yeah. Gearhead. Uh, yeah. I actually... I think the famous with Kevin Mellon. Yeah, with Kevin Mellon. I think the famous thing was that he used he and Kevin brought up is that uh, Crank read it and talked about it on the Crankcast way, way, way back. And I said, "Oh yeah, I read that. It was much better than I thought it would be." And so they haven't How given funny. me a, yeah, yeah. They keep giving me crap about that, but they they uh, it Dennis is really has a great ear for dialogue. He's, he's very Whedon-esque. Mm-hmm. His snappy banner. And it's not that kind of like filled thousand word balloons like uh, Bendis or Kevin Smith kind of snappy banner. It's, mm-hmm. it's very to the point. And he's, he labors over it, too. He spends a lot of time thinking about it. And he comes up with very creative ideas. And the the kernel of the idea in a lot of the situations for the first series were mine, and I had I told him exactly what I wanted to happen, and he went and made it made that happen. Plus, so it's just as much him as it is me at this point, except for the art and the designs and stuff. So, yeah. uh, and a super nice guy. Yeah, he's kind yes, of yeah. He's a young dick. <laughs> he's, 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 you know, he's still young and he's still kind of an asshole. But I'm, I'm saying that because I hope he listens. <laughs> um, uh, answer's kind of your love letter to Ditko, though. Yeah, but it became trippier than that. I mean, it it it's 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 a Ditko story. If Ditko was as Alan Mori as everybody thought he was. You know what I mean? Because everybody thought that, you know, Ditko was on this kind of Grant Morrison head trip thing. And he he hates that. Yeah. He hates that. And uh, and, and he can't, I don't think he even understands why people would even think that, you know? Because of Doctor Strange. Uh, Yeah, I know, but he's, he's... Drawing this stuff and go, well, why would you get that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? drugs but, are bad. Uh, but uh, yeah, but uh, Dennis knew that I wanted to have this kind of like mystery superhero thing, and he's like, well, I will make it as trippy as that. So he, he went and he jumped in. So yeah, it's it's my Ditko and his, you know, I guess Morrisony. It's not super Morrisony, but it's definitely more than I envisioned. Yeah. You got a mm-hmm. Ditko tattoo, didn't you? I do. I yeah. have the bottle. Stringer, Stringer bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Bottle. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I want to get more, but I always forget to make a point. Um, go talk to a Stringer for at C2E2. Yeah, I got to get another one. You got to get what? Another tattoo. Yeah. We'll talk to Stringer. Yeah, I'm going to. Okay. All right. I'm dealing with you, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm, not communicating very well. I've, I'm getting, I'm getting my my inks this year. What's everybody getting? Let's go. Yeah, the, the, the year, year we're not going to be there. Chris is finally getting his tattoo. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> we, no, we we no. might not. Yeah, it doesn't look like C2E is going to happen this year. Oh, wow. not, not looking good for the 
for the East Coasters. We, but the East Coasters are, are are working their way to get down the heroes. Dude, it's a lock. I I got the hotel reserved. I got in touch with Rico about the press credentials. Sweet. I cleared it with the with the with my partners at work. Okay. It with my life partner and my wife, she's cool with it. It's it's on, dude. Oh, I I, I t- yeah, yeah, they're you know I lived a dual life. Uh, I I I told Renee the other day that you had you were planning everything out, and she goes, "Okay, cool." Then I guess that means we're going to visit your father like twice this year. So oh, I'm, I'm dropping her off, and then I'll I'll drive the three hours over to Charlotte. Sweet, Mike, you go to Heroes, don't you? I've been there twice. Oh, okay, it's nice. I I don't I'm I'm trying to. Uh, not go. I'm only going to trying to only go to shows that I get invited to this year. Right, right, right. Me, so. Oh, damn. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not. It's nothing against them. It's just they. I mean, so many people go to that. Yeah, show. yeah. I will be in Scotland. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm so, going to go well, it's just is is sex. I'm I'm probably not going to be able to see my guys this year. Oh, uh, maybe New York, maybe who knows? In New York, there is. New York is a definite possibility. Yeah, I mean, New York was. I had my 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 love for New York Comic Con had been waning, and and this yeah. past year totally brought it back to yep. to love. It was. Uh, I as we talked about after the show, I, I think the decision to segment Artist Alley into its own wing of Javits made it all the difference in the world. It made it just a thousand times more enjoyable. So now, uh, I'll maybe do another con with you this year. Because you're going to Appleseed, right? Yeah. That's... I got a I got a Yeah. I know. Yeah. Oh, I can <laughs> hope that he doesn't hasn't read my tweets about him. No, God. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt. I well, see, speaking doubt, speaking yeah. of reading tweets, th- this is how I know that that Michael may sleep, but he doesn't sleep late. <laughs> and and Mike, I need to tell you that Renee thinks that you nailed the posture. And I just figured, uh, what what does somebody that's constantly monitoring the internet for? <laughs> that's funny. I, I uh, yeah no, she says you got the posture down. Um, uh, too much hair, she said on the head, but but uh, and not. Uh, uh, but I, I needed to get it right, and I didn't think I. I don't think I got it right either. But I I love it. I especially with knock on my glass. That that, that was that was. Usual, yeah, yeah. It's it's he he scours he scours Twitter to 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 see what Mario and I complain about. I just think it's hilarious because it's like you if you if you boil down the essence of what the internet really is for people our age, it's it's one of David Price's Monday morning tweets on the way to work. It's like it's it's like Live Journal for forty year olds. Yeah. I wanted two pumps of pumpkin in my latte. Yeah, gave yeah, barista. Like I, I, uh, I, I picture you the the tweets being like actual pieces of paper that you light on fire and throw into the air. (laughs) Take take that person that works at the garage that didn't give me what I deserved on my coupon. The one this week week that uh, cracked me up. It was so David was like. Oh, the sidewalks on campus are, yes. are very nicely groomed. Would have been nice if they had plowed the streets. I know! <laughs> <laughs> and I just was like, wouldn't it be awesome if as soon as he said that, the person that's supposed to do that just like had a, 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 a shiver go up their spine? <laughs> like he actually does have powers or something like that? 
Oh, you all suck. Oh, that's funny. Oh, it's Captain Kvetch. That's it, baby. Captain Kvetch. Yes. <laughs> he did it. Oh, that's what, I'm going to go open a beer. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I bet I, I, I bet Mike read, when it was coming out, what Jason read for the first time. Yes. Last night. Which you read by you re- reread I, something a classic I, yes and then you mentioned and it you, in, do, would would you consider it a classic oh of course okay all right have, I mean having by reputation I mean I hadn't read it but but I, I, isn't it it's, I think it's a seminal work I mean it's it, we are we are talking about we are talking about the six issue biweekly limited series Man of Steel by John Byrne and Dick Giordano. I mean, dude, like the Burn reboot is like its own thing, right? That's all people. It was, are... it was canon until like 2003 when Birthright yeah. came out, yeah. right? And, and and it is it it for me. I mean, Burn was Marvel, just like Perez was DC, but Burn yeah. was Marvel, and and he left Fantastic Four, and next thing I know, he's 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 doing Man of Steel, he's doing his Legends miniseries, whatever the hell that's supposed to be, and and I followed him and. I, I read. I enjoyed the Carrie Bates Superman. I enjoyed the Kurt Swan Superman, and 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 that was great for its time. And when Crisis ended, and they were just going to shuffle things up, they they seriously changed Superman. Not only his origin, but they 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 basically degodified him, and and it was more believable in in 1986 for Superman to be like that and and I I loved the the way that that Byrne modified the costume a little bit because he he made the the S the shield bigger it took up most of his chest whereas before it was just over his pecs for so long and it, it just I love the whole thing about it like and, the movie. The movie. yeah yeah and and it was just it I thought you know keeping keeping both Kents alive and and, uh, and just the changes they made. I I thought I, and I was in from the ground floor. I it, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I, I read Superman reboot. I I read uh, the Action Comics, which was basically the new DC Comics presents because it was a team up every week, uh, every month, and then uh, and then Marv uh, Wolfman and and uh, Ordway took over Adventures of Superman and. I I was a Superman fan uh, three times a month, and Were I love. I yeah, with with I I was because I enjoyed World's Finest, and and I I I love the hell out of whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. But yeah, I I did read a lot of the old Carrie Bates stuff, and uh, oh really? Okay. Now did you? Yes. Yeah, I had never read it. I mean, this is the thing where where I, you know, this is one of those works because you're saying what I consider a classic. Definitely. I mean, I don't think you could be sort of in the uh, the, the the comics world and and not, uh, you know, hear about or know about the burnt reboot, right? I mean, that's I mean, it's been dissected in, in a million different ways in, in terms of its significance and the haters versus the lovers, and you know. I don't know. Oh, I've seen lots there of are, there are, yes. yeah, yeah, I've seen really? yeah. Oh, definitely. But um I'm sure there are but, many people that hate the well not as many, but I'm sure there are people that hate the burn reboot like people don't like New Fifty Two. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah. but I would say that um, that this reading it this week was interesting because I feel like it was something that had I even though I hadn't read it, I probably could have passed a quiz on the salient points of it because it has been discussed so much over the last. You know, it's I mean, right. So. Um, uh, Sure, sure, and and again, I mean, to to David's point, you know, being a, a Marvel zombie for the first twenty years of my comics reading life, I mean, Byrne was the man. I mean, so his leaving to go to DC was the suck. You know that 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 displeased me greatly. Um, and from it brought me to DC in probably just as much as Dark Knight did. Well, right, and I think it, I think it did for a lot of people, but for tw- for twelve year old Jason, it just made me forget that John Byrne existed. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, wow. But it, it introduced it, now. See that that's my thing. It's like there was no like Weisinger era Superman right. for me. There right. was no. Well, that's what I was going to talk to do, though, because I, yeah, this thing Yeah, I mean, Burns Superman is, that was my introdu- introduction yeah, yeah. at, you know, after, like, Challenge of the Super Friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Challenge of the Super Friends. <laughs> yeah. And the live action show, the variety special stuff. Like, you know, I did, you know, I would watch, like, the, uh, the uh, George Reeves. Um, right. Yeah, when you were a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Sure. So yeah, I was a kid in nineteen eighty. But yeah, the, what what you're saying? Yeah, I I I was huge Marvel kid. John Byrne was God, pretty much. Mm-hmm. John Byrne and John Romita were God. You know, as a kid. And uh, well, <laughs> what? And John Buscema. Well, John Buscema wasn't. He wasn't. I mean, he was there, but he was. Yeah, me, he was old, the old guard then. John Buscema was the guy that drew the Marvel How to Draw Marvel comic. Sure. Book. You mm-hmm. know, I never even thought. Oh, he actually drew Conan and that stuff. You yeah, know? no, he was one of the. Yeah, he was one of the. But uh, yeah, it was John. Rem- it was John Byrne and John Romita, or anybody that drew like John Romita. So Ross Andrew. <laughs> 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 uh, but I knew DC Comics, and I had DC Comics, but I wasn't into DC Comics. And when Man of Steel hit, and John Byrne did that, I. Found out a lot about DC Comics. Yep. So because yep. I bought that, I bought every other Superman thing. I bought Legends. Well, he was just which like, freaked my shit out. I yeah. Legends. Legends. Was great, but I no. Learned a it, lot about a lot of fucking comics. Yeah. 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 He was doing action. Uh, well, no, he wasn't. Was he, he was drawing. He was drawing two books. He, he was, was doing. He was doing action. He was, he was drawing and writing. He, he was drawing and penciling action, and um, he was uh, he was drawing and, and writing uh, Superman, yeah. Yeah. and kind of plotting Adventures of Superman. Right. So Crisis hit. That comes out. Legends comes out. I fall in love with Blue Beetle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and then the, the Paris Collins series came out. Yes. And love like, that. Okay. This is it. I like DC now. Because nice. up till then, the only thing I knew about DC was like the Who's Who books. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. was like, these are some freaking corny characters they got up there. <laughs> I can't believe people actually read these. You know, real <laughs> stuff happens in the Marvel comics. <laughs> exactly. exactly. The yeah. irony of that statement is that you can go on News Arama tomorrow and there are people that are still freaking saying that stuff. Yeah. Like, that's a real thing. <laughs> there's, there's real stuff happening in Marvel. Well, Marvel yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the ground level. It's, uh, it's, it's our. It's in, it happens in our world. But know, yeah, sixteen year old Mike was like, "Well, I wasn't even that old." Yeah. I was just. You like, seen my burnt page, right? From what? 
I've got a page out of the... You remember the Avengers Fantastic Four annual crossover versus the Scrolls? It was it was a tie into uh, the death of uh, Jean Grey, death of Phoenix. Yeah, I you've got. I don't have a John Byrne page. I've I really get, want. You got to come over and. I've check it out. I've been trying desperately forever to find one of the Blue Beetle pages from Legends. Ooh, because I really want that. Yeah, because there was a great one that I almost bought off off of Albert Moy art, where he's just clocking. Uh, it's funny. He's clocking Kronos in the face. Oh, that's funny. Oh, yeah, sure. And he's saying, I'm Blue Beetle, while he's punching him. I was like, oh, i got to have that page. And I, I click on it, click on it, click on it, and like, I get an email like two days later. It's like, oh, that page is already been sold. It's like, why is that? Oh, I'm son of a bitch. This is a... Well, this I haven't bought a page from Albert Moore. But if you, if, you, if you remember, that was uh, the Avengers annual started from one side of the story and the mm-hmm. FF annual start from the other and then they meet it's probably in one of them long boxes over there I've, we'll, have to, we'll have to dig it out but uh, yeah it's awesome and it's uh, you know who it's inked by it's a John Byrne book yep so it, uh, it'll freak you out oh then I won't know uh, I don't know John Kyle Paul. Baker Kyle Baker yes <sighs> that makes sense it's neat yeah it's pretty cool so there you go. Uh, speaking of John Byrne, you actually followed up John Byrne on the series. Yeah. What was that like? <laughs> it was uh, on New Adam, right? Yeah. Uh, the, that book was awesome. A lot of the books that I got to work on, I mentioned I was very lucky in that work. A lot of those books I was reading before I got to work on them. So it's much more fun to read a book you like than to actually draw the book that you need to read that you like. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, I was lucky in that I had uh, Eduardo Barreto. Not Eduardo Barreto. Not Eduardo Barreto. What's his name? Uh, oh, that's so terrible. I can't remember his name. Eddie Barrows. Eddie Barrows. Okay. Eddie Barrows was did the arc in between, and not that Eddie is any is worse than John Byrne because technically he's got some stuff that made me want to cry when I saw his pencils, but it left a little a buffer in there, so I wasn't yeah. coming right off of John Byrne. Well, I mean that that's one of the things about your. I think it's the graphic designer in you, as well as the comic book artist, is that you are able to to change your style to fit the client need. Yeah, and that was that was I think a great a great you know weapon in your arsenal early At that on. Time, I thought that was a weakness. I, I mean, well, it was. It was getting yeah, I, I mean, keep it real. I think it, I think it didn't serve you well. I, I I always preferred when you had your own voice visually. Well, I didn't know what it was. I mean, I, I back then. I'm, I mean, I I talked to a lot of people back then about it because I got a lot of jobs because I was able to do that. Definitely, but I mean, at the same I, I, time, I yeah, nobody really knew what the what they were. Yeah. Like if I mean, because because I mean, I you know, I can see your friend. I keep it real. I I thought like where you were the the time I was really perplexed was was when you when you basically I thought were trying to look like Cliff Chang on Green Hour because he. You know why I was trying to look like Cliff Chang? Because they told you to. Yeah, because Mike Carlin called me on the phone and said, uh, can, "Can you, you do draw like Cliff Chang?" Cliff Chang? Right, right. I guess what I'm That's saying is, if you, if you you're, you're far too talented uh, to to like be a mimic. That's why. Yeah, chameleon, yeah. That's if all. you look at that, my run on Green Arrow, uh, up until uh, uh, 
Uh, Jeb Winnick leaves. Yeah. I with the issue that Alan Kreisberg starts, I draw it completely different. I don't draw like Cliff Chang anymore. Yeah. And right. It looks. It's like uh, who's drawing Steen. this now? Rubenstein. Right. Got, what? Wasn't that when Rubenstein started yeah, inking? Rubenstein started inking it, and then after that, halfway after that. Uh, Sienkiewicz, right? Sienkiewicz started yeah. yeah, and, th- and thanks, really. That was that, that was cool. That was neat to have Sienkiewicz. Oh, it was you. awesome. Yeah. It's just, if you, if I had more of an ego at the time, that could have been a problem. You yeah. know, it's like, who are you telling me? What are you telling me to draw like so-and-so? And I'm like, if I had an editor ask me to do that now, I might think about doing it still. You know, but at the same time, it's like, I... I I don't, I'm not interested in doing anything I don't really want to do. Back then, back then I, I did, and a lot of it had to do with, you know, I'm sort of hungry and I want a job. Not that I'm not hungry now, but I, I want to, I feel that I, I got lucky to catch one of the waves. I want to see how far it goes before I fall off the surfboard and have to, have to find another way. I think it's a pretty good way right now. So, but yeah, there, I mean, there was a time where it's like, you know, Mike works so hard and does stuff at a, at a brisk pace and is, you know, trustworthy and you know if, if he says he's going to do something, he'll do it and he'll make he'll make it happen and, and he can also do several different styles. I think it worked well for you, but at the same time, I, I, I agree. I think it kind of helped yeah, you. Yeah. I, I feel like you have found yourself in the last couple I of years. I found myself, yeah. but I still feel a little schizophrenic sometimes because, you know, Battle Pug is different than Revival. Okay. Sure, sure. I, de- I definitely draw differently for different. Yeah, things. I was looking at uh, you know, a cultist, and it's, yeah. it's different. Even though it's uh, it's your battle pub colorist on this. Isn't yeah, it? me and Alan work a lot together. You know? Yeah, yeah. You guys work. You guys work together really well. I like Alan. Alan how, do you, how do you say his last name? Pasolacqua. Pasa what? Pasolacqua. Pasolacqua. Yeah. yeah, I like his colors. He's an interesting dude, that Alan Pasolacqua. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen. We can't. Uh, let's not get a scans here because because we we got to go in a little bit on this Man of Steel thing. So, Dab, what made you reread it? What was the impetus? Okay. Well, uh, full disclosure: there is a um, uh, friend, uh, Paul Spataro, uh, invited me, and it's interesting. Uh, he, he has a podcast, uh, the Back to the Bins, where we talk about where he talks about older books, and he usually has people talk about. A Marvel, a DC, and an indie book. And the next episode, the, the, well, we didn't record this week because um, the other guest uh, had something rescheduled because of all the snow dates. Uh, but Sean Whelan of Raging Bullets is reading the Marvel book, and I'm reading the DC book. So I chose, I said, you know what? I haven't read something in so long. I want to read. And I threw this – it's one issue from the six issues. And I, I threw that issue out there and that's what I wanted to read. But I didn't just want to read that. So I did reread all six issues and and I, I really just – it it brought back – it was weird because I read it on the iPad because it, it, I got it from Comixology. So um, the, the, the transfer isn't um, near perfection. There, there are definite um, things that – were missing for me uh, after reading it originally in paper, and um, uh, the, the, the colors were brighter 
on the tablet because they were they, they were just they were modified. Although if you look at the covers, you see the slight dot patterns. Um, so the scans were a little different on the covers than they were in the interiors, and some of the line work was a little. Um, it, it it basically it was like they, they just it was like a copy of a copy. The, the, the Giordano's lines were just a little thin in some places, um, but the last page of the sixth issue still had that um, had that 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 error with the with the coloring where Superman's on the. Um, standing on on the the ice or snow covered rock and he's got his cape in his hand and it was miscolored where the 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 piece of cape in his hand is is colored the same as his hand and i'm like you would think almost 30 years later now that it's been made for digital they they, they may have fixed that but in any case um i i uh i just i figured i haven't read this in so long i i haven't read a superman that i've enjoyed in a long time and let me just basically just be transported back and and it did it it um as i'm reading it i'm remembering things i I, things that i forgot though were um were the uh were the jabs whether they're friendly jabs or it's burn um being vindictive and he did this in legends where he he um he made a um a parody of Starbrand. And, and, uh, but in, in the, uh, I think it was the third issue, the issue where Superman meets Batman for the first time, Magpie's two henchmen, one is called Carling and one is called, um, Grunbach. And, which is obviously Mike Carlin and, and, and Mark Grunwald. And, and, you know, so I'm not sure why he'd be, and, and Carlin worked on Superman and uh, over with DC. I don't think, I don't think Grunwald ever left Marvel. Um, before he died, but um, I thought rereading it, I thought how smart it was to see the way they referenced the passage of time. Because all six issues went over went, went across ten years. Because we we basically after we get the destruction of Krypton, we see Clark in high school, and this blew my mind because Clark was actually he was a football player. Whereas if you remember. Yeah, they basically won the game by himself. But if you remember, and by the, the way, you the, could tell that uh, that's what you you could tell this was written uh, by a dude who wasn't really a sports fan because in that in that game, Clark scores his tenth touchdown, <laughs> single handedly winning the game. It was I was like, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, arena, arena football. Uh, English via Canada. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, but but we have. That's why Kitty is from Deerfield. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, there's got to be a Kitty reference like in every episode lately. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, Apparently, she's the number three X Man. I saw a poll. She's like number three, right? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's speaking. Speaking. Oh jeez. Uh, oh, okay, let me interject real quick. In the in the which one are you? I did the orange is the new black, and I fucking got Pennsylvania. I'm not fucking happy about that. Sorry, Sorry. Aside from aside from um, Burn not being too keen on on sports, I thought this series also kind of dated him somewhat because it took me forever long after. 
I finished the issue, it didn't dawn on me because I never really watched the show. I had no idea who the hell Lois was referring to when she told Lex he needed to get a haircut because he started to look like Fred Mertz. And I'm like, why? And, and it took me it took me forever to realize why would you pull a goddamn I Love Lucy reference in in a 1986 comic book? And it and it just it that just. I, still, I mean, I knew what it was when I was a kid in the eighties. So. Well, yeah, cause it was on. It was on every day. But yeah, I, I, so I, really, that, David, I mean, that, I mean, sure, it's dated now. But what is? How long ago is that? Well, Thirty years. Ago. Yeah, I mean, but now I mean, that was yeah. like freaking futuristic. That series. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Except well, except for the. So yeah, so it's futuristic, but we're going to mention Fred Merck. Well, so it was. It was. It was we had we had a chance to to talk with him. In, a, in an episode of, of AC back in the day, which is probably like my biggest thrill ever yeah. as like an adult. It I, was, I am a fan of that episode. God, it was so, it was, yeah, it was a huge thrill. And he said that DC let him do 19 of the 20 things that he did. Yeah. yeah. And do you remember what he said the 20th thing that they would not let him do? Uh, no. Said it's always been taken for granted that kryptonite was lethal to to Superman, but how do you know that kryptonite is lethal to him if someone hasn't been killed by it? And so, in his, oh, and so in his original in his original concept for it, um, his Lara Lara is going to come to Earth with him. Comes with baby Clark. But is exposed to kryptonite and dies, and that's how we know that it's deadly. And DC is like, nope, no. <laughs> yeah, they only wanted they only wanted yeah. Cal to be the only survivor from. And that was the other thing that was neat was the whole birthing matrix with with the ship and which the movie the recent movie takes right and runs with yeah. But uh, but okay, so I mean, I, I, I talk about why I, I reloved it, but I, I I'm dying to know. How you felt about it after after finally reading it? Yeah, so I mean, it, it's it was different than, uh, like, say something like I I I not too just a couple months ago read Legends for the first time on your recommendation, and and as you know, I enjoyed that. I would say this is different though, because again, I knew nothing about Legends other than a few things you had mentioned to me in passing over the years going into it. Whereas this, you know, there were very few things in it, at least in terms of like the key key things that were surprising to me. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I'll say this. I mean, again, because I'm a child of that era, you know, burn, uh, while the visuals are dated in that, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the costumes and the shoulder pads and the hairdos are eighties, the burn visuals are just still breathtaking. Like they hold mm-hmm. up today. You know, there's no, you still look at the artwork and it's, it's, it's as good as anything you've ever seen. So he, visually he's, he is, and always, I think has held up, um, I think it's fair to say like any book of that era, it's, it's very wordy. Um, but, but that's just the nature of that era. Right. So again, if, if you're someone like us that grew up reading comics in that era, it's very easy to kind of fall back into a comfort zone and just absorb that. I would imagine if I were 16 reading this book, it would, it would, that would be problematic for me. Um, but it wasn't for me. Um, the, the things that I think, um, the heart of it, like the which is what you always hear about with the burn reboot of him making him more human and sort of modernizing him and stripping away some of the complexity, like I think all that came through and it was it was uh definitely um I enjoyed a lot of that. But if I'm being fair, um 
I think there's a lot of corniness to the to the six issues that um, maybe is something that a lot of people find charming about Superman. But but um, I, I like it's funny. Like I was thinking about the criticism of the Man of Steel movie, putting aside the whole murder thing, which is a separate issue. One of the things which I thought was a legitimate criticism of the film is that you don't really see Superman being heroic, right? Like he doesn't really do all that much. In Burn, you see him being heroic left and right. It's much more evocative of – in Man of Steel, you see this. The, the comic book, I mean. Um, you see, he, he's doing heroic things all the time, um, which is charming. But I have to say like he's not – he's like – modern me has trouble understanding why a guy with his powers would spend the day uh, doing the relatively minor things that he was, that Byrne was showing him do in that book. And I get, you know, look, I, I love the original Superman movie and I get that's, that's part of the charm of, of that era of Superman, but it just doesn't really ring true to me because I view Superman as someone that's like a god. And so, like, and even in, even in the comic, Byrne says when they're in the birthing chamber, like, oh, when he, I'm sending him to a planet that when he goes there, he's going to have power. And then Lara says, you mean he'll be like a god? And he says, maybe someday. And yet, Everything we see in the book is him doing like very minor heroic acts that are like nice Boy Scoutish things, but you know. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with everything you are saying. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like there is a for one thing, he is a god who has been raised by your grandparents in Kansas. Yeah. Sure, sure. What would your, what would a god act like? When he's gone to Sunday school every every Sunday and and lives on a farm and is told you know to go borrow cups of sugar from your neighbor, of course he does stuff like save kitty cats and stuff like that because that's that that's what that's what the eighties perception. But that's my other point is there's anything like all these books and I feel like it's becoming more and more as as we get older. There's always a historical context where we have to look at these books. Yeah. Sure, sure. And that was the eighties perception of what is wholesome. Yeah, what is what is good. Not godlike, but what is good. And I mean, I'm sure if they if somebody if John Byrne wrote a comic about God, he'd probably be rescuing kittens too. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely, definitely. Sort of like what the perception of of godlike was. Mm-hmm. They, you just do good deeds, that's your thing, you know, and that's uh, well, I can get with that. I, I I loved the characterizations of. I thought Lois was great. Um, I love. I, I am very much in the camp that I I prefer to have the Kents be a part of of Clark's life in sure. comics. So yeah. I loved that. So it was great to see that, and I loved they're both there and and both. I th- I thought he did their characters yeah, really yeah. well. Pa Kent being alive makes so much more sense for Superman. Yeah, that. absolutely. So that's that was one of my big problems with the super the new Superman movie is like he made he is much more of a influence as a living uh, symbol, a living influence on him than like Spider uh, than Peter Parker's dead Uncle Ben. Yeah, mm-hmm. that affected him in that I it's. Spider Man is essentially doing a friendly Batman on everybody. You know, he's he is getting revenge by saving people. Mm-hmm. He's not doing the Batman go beat up bad guys. He's saving people because he never did it for Uncle Ben. Superman does everything he does because Paul Kent told him to. Right, now, right. And if he's alive, you know, if Paul Kent died, it's almost like. Well, who am I? Am I this guy from Krypton, or am I the guy from? There's that doubt there now. 
I can see that. And yeah. so uh, it's he's more, he's stronger if Pa can't survive. Well, it's the steadying hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah. Pa, Pa is his line to humanity. Exactly. I, I thought it was very, like I said, I, lo- I, I thought he did a great job with Lois. Um, I, I actually really liked the Lana um, component where he goes back to Smallville and she basically says, like, dude, you ruined my life. And, yeah. uh, you know, and it's because he, he took her out on that. Again, he, he had the Lana – in the comic, he has the moment with Lana that he has in the, in, in the, the first Christopher Reeves movie right. with he has with Lois, which is he takes her out and flying on that one night. And so, like, that kind of does her in, like – but in the comic, that the problem there is that he then leaves town. <laughs> so, so she spends like you know all these years pining after this 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 guy that she had always loved as a as a as a person, and now he's not only that, but he's like this omnipotent do-gooder, and 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 yet she he 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 said peace out to her. So I loved that. Um, I, I I probably the thing I disliked the most from a characteriz- characterization standpoint. And this is mostly about the visuals. Is his decision to depict Lex Luthor as a pot-bellied, uh, red-haired dude? I, I didn't like that at all. It made him look like Mister Mister Mi- Mixelplick more to me more than, <laughs> than than Luthor. So I'm not a fan of, of that visual at all. Yeah, well, the big thing was you know turning Luthor from the mad scientist into to the '80s Gordon Gecko businessman. Yeah, it was the, it was the, the that's exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah, it was the you know that's when that's when Wall Street. Got evil. Sure, but but I guess again, I, I didn't like the idea of drawing him like a pot-bellied guy with right. like strange. But he's not. He's not. He, he, and and in that um that 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 third issue where I kind of wigged out a little bit because the, the the splash page is Superman manhandling someone you, you think Lex in in his exoskeleton power suit and and you turn the page and you see you know it's not it, it was yeah. yeah and and it was a, it, it's an experimental uh, soldier type but it it's um it, it and this in this era Superman and Lex Luthor aren't going to go toe to toe and 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 physically have it out that that time is done Right. Power suit, uh, yeah, which, you know, would, it, and when I was a kid, that was the thing that bothered me the most about it. Oh, really? I, well, I was so used to the, you know, the... Bad guys fight the good guys. The ex-bandolier strap, purple and green, wearing yes. the... Yes, with the collar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That guy, that I was like, well, who's he going to fight now? Who does he punch? Right, right. And um, like, yeah, definitely. Especially uh, I, when he had the little red afro. I was like, wait a minute. That's what I didn't quite get. Now the other thing is, is I, um, I, I the issue with with the Batman team up. Um, I think that was a mixed bag for me in the sense that I, I, I really enjoyed the the way that Byrne depicted Batman and their interactions quite a bit. But I thought it was just really bizarre. And, and again, nothing, he, nothing that hasn't been done a trillion other times in comics. But like Magpie seemed like such an inconsequential villainess to like to be the centerpiece of that issue, and um, it just it just. It just struck me as someone that neither Batman or Superman would have had any trouble dealing with, and yet, like she was like basically like holding her own against the both. And so, yeah. um, I, again, I love the interaction with Batman. I thought he did a great Batman, but I and and I but I I could have done without the magpie. And then the last thing that really so the 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 head scratcher of all of them for me um, was the the whole hologram dad showing up and and then like the hologram touching Clark and it sort of unlocking all these memories in him. To me, that is like 
very lazy deus ex machina storytelling because Byrne said, well, I have six issues and I'm getting to the end here and I need to make sure that by the time that I'm done with this, Clark knows about his history. It, it just felt like just very much like I have two pages to do this. How am I going to do this? So not a fan of that at all. Although I understand that in many different instances, it's no better or worse than having a fucking green crystal that he magically puts into it. Exactly. So I, I'm not disputing that it's it's but ever I, been done I, any I, better. I, I'm not sure that you're wrong about that. I, you might be exactly on the nose with that. May exactly be what happened. He's like, well, <laughs> well, he um. <laughs> Apparently, when 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 the when the reboots when the first issues were coming out, um, DC didn't want any setup when when those first issues were hitting the stands. Anything, any any origin type stories, any anything leading up to that 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 Byrne wanted to explain had to be done prior to that. So that's I guess another reason why Man of Steel was even made, but. Yeah, I guess once we and even thinking back to the first issue of Superman and and he's fighting Metallo, or you think about Action Comics and and it's Teen Titans or whoever. I don't even then. It's not like they really picked anything up from that sixth issue of Man of Steel. So it was still it, things were still and and Byrne was only on was only there for like another almost two years. He, he mm-hmm. left around issue twenty one, twenty two of Superman. So um, I'm not sure. Uh, did he go to Dark Horse for next man? Or did he go back to Marvel for like She-Hulk and stuff? Or or West Coast Avengers? I was going to say that would be like late 80s. Late, so that okay. might have been the right... No, I mean, but that timing might line up. I mean, uh, yeah, it's about 80, 88, 89. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... The other thing that I thought was really neat, and, and these were little things that, you know, you just you took for granted if you were an old-time Superman fan uh, or reader... The, the whole thing when um, Lois showed up at Clark's apartment and and he and and he's got the the weight set laying out just you know Love to that. prove that and then she's over here like you know these are like five ten pounders you know I can't believe that but it, it's little things like that where you, back in the day you know you might have Steve Trevor standing next to Clark and and of course you know that's the jock and and Clark's the nebbishy dude but obviously in Burns reboot. Clark Kent was a jock and and has this build and and he has to he has to maintain it so that there's a lot of work involved in in just being yeah. Clark Kent and I, and I thought that taking the time to actually do that and 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 explain it 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 was something else that 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 made this series special for me. Yeah. He made the effort to try and you know, make sense of it. Make sense of it even though it, you know that was, the, the whole Clark secret identity thing thing's been kind of a losing battle since it was first started. Yeah, yeah. And and that's kind of I, I kind of love that about the end of that new Man of Steel movie is that he still he still did it. He comes in and he's like, oh, he kind of does look different, you know. I try, I, and I'm like, am I convincing myself of that? Yeah, 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 and I'm like, uh, but yeah, he, you know, burn. Byrne was doing his fanboy best there, you know, and he's just kind of, and a lot of people appreciate it. I know I did when I was a kid. I was like, yeah. I, now Superman's cool, and he still has all that stuff that, you know. Yeah. He's, he's giving every, everything a fanboy wants, which is uh, to have something they love 
uh, be relevant and still have everything that they want. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. well, for me at the time, it was just it was John Byrne doing Superman, so I didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it's well, I, I didn't. Know, I, if you if you told me all that stuff about all the stuff they updated, I wouldn't have known anyway. Yeah. Because I mean, I didn't know anything about. Yeah, that was my introduction. All Superman. the different color kryptonites or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I. I yeah, so so Byrne, it's interesting. He was he was doing Starbrand for a while while he was still working yes, at DC, he did, right? And and then and that was my monthly. Yeah, and then he he was do. It's funny he did like some one offs, like he did an issue of a one shot of Wolverine. Then he did an issue of uh, of Captain America three fifty. Then uh, then he jumps onto West Coast Avengers. Uh, so yeah, that was Which what. I'm always surprised that I don't have any. And then Sensational She-Hulk. Yeah, he did Sensational She-Hulk in May 89, so it was like three years after he did Man of, launched Man of Steel. Okay. So, yeah. But uh, but no, but but the, the net net of all of this is that I, I thought it was really enjoyable. I mean, I uh, you know, again, I, I think it definitely helps that I was a child of that era. So that type of comic storytelling is very um, comforting to me. You know, it, 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 uh, the, the, the expository dialogue, the sort of you know, the campiness, that, that all sort of fits well. I mean, I, I agree, David, like the moments like with the weights or uh, with um, like when, 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 when Mock Kent is like, well, that's okay. Like, you know, just, just let's, let's comb your hair back straight. And then you just slouch over a little bit and uh-huh. put these glasses on and you look like a completely different person. You know, it's like, you know, like the, the sort of the self-awareness of that, like a little like tongue in cheek, like, like I thought all that was great. I, I um you know, I just, I, I thought that, uh, that it definitely sets the table. Um, I, I the, the only other thing that again I, I don't quite know what what the point of it was the Bizarro angle because like I don't have an issue with them introducing Bizarro, but the notion that this Bizarro gets pulverized and then the dust heals Lois's blind sister uh-huh. <laughs> like that's just baffling like it doesn't make any sense on any level like so I so believe I that's just, a nod to an old story where they introduced Lucy Lane and, and, and she was blind. And I believe Bizarro played a hand in that, but uh, there were of, of all the characters. It, I did think that it was, um, and going beyond man of steel, the, 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 um, the new Metallo and, and, uh, the way burn, um, revamped or modernized, uh, Superman's rogues. I, I was, it was a little weird for me to see Bizarro, in the middle of the six issue miniseries. Um, but it, when, when I, when I reread that issue and thinking about the second issue of the Superman ongoing where Lex, Lex was actually told who Superman's all, what, who Superman actually is, who his alter ego is. And, and Lex dismissed it. Because the the scientist was like, you know, it's it's Clark Kent. He goes, and it, it's oh, it looks or it's so obvious. And he, and and Lex is like, maybe obvious to you, but it 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 you know. So, so Lex wants to be able to control Superman. Wants to you know, it, basically the Norman Osborn Dark Avengers before that was even an idea. And and he just he wants the cover that said identity revealed. Yes. Where he's sitting back in a chair and there's the whole yeah and it's the pixelated split Superman Clark Kent face. Yeah, yeah. You know that's the other thing about the series is that the covers were a big deal for me. Yeah, I love the covers. Oh yes. Um, and 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 Burn even um, 
homaged himself with uh, with the Action Comics cover where where Superman, where he actually had to explain. This was this was something that I was dying to see play out because the Legion of Superheroes, they exist because of Superboy. And when Byrne comes around and he says, no, there was never a Superboy, yeah. well, how do you explain the Legion? Because that's a series that's still going on. And when when they had that crossover with the Legion and Superman in Action Comics, you, you had um, – Byrne actually drew Superman with four Legionnaires – uh, scattered around and they were the exact same four legionnaires that mimicked the powers that um on the cover of Fantastic Four 249 where Gladiator has basically demolished the Fantastic Four it is the exact same cover with uh Invisible Kid Block uh um uh Sunboy and Brainiac 5 But he he you know, I just and, and that's another thing I love about Byrne is that he'll just he'll he'll reuse his own it, it's you know it it's just I don't know if it was because it was Byrne mm-hmm. doing Superman I don't know if it was because Byrne worked at Marvel and this was kind of a a Marvelization of the Superman character it was just it was crisis was over we had Legends was happening DC was just the the original the founding members of the Justice League of America were not the same founding members when when um after crisis DC didn't want um uh, didn't want the Trinity to be involved in in the Justice League's origins so a lot of it at the time was was DC also just kind of i thought screwing things up just to screw things up mm-hmm. and sometimes you got some pretty cool stories cuz i thought JLA year 1 was a neat series but um but that was retconned eventually. But it, it, I just thought Man of Steel because it was it. It was almost like the perfect storm. You had you had Byrne doing Superman at at a time where you, I didn't think that was going to happen. And I thought it, he wasn't just wasn't Byrne coming over to redo or or to do the Superman that was that existed. Right, pre- right. It was right. It, it was a completely different character, and I thought that was was hell. Definitely, I could definitely see that. But no, I'm glad you've gotten me to uh, to read more Superman stories in the last uh, couple of months than I think I'd read all my whole life before this. <laughs> stuff. Good for you. I'm gonna have to read that now. You should. It's a super fast read. I mean, it, it is. It is. Yeah. What is this? I bought balloons. No, and it's it's it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah. Mike's getting me more beers. More beer. I thought the dog. By the sound of it, I thought the dogs were getting you more beers. Well, they get excited whenever I eat that. <laughs> we are drinking the Trooper. Yeah, it's Iron Maiden beer. Oh, nice. Robinson Brewery, and they have a, it. Does it, I? I'm actually not a huge fan of it. It kind of tastes like Heineken to me. It is a no. It's better than Heineken. <laughs> it's, a, it is a, it's a it's a British beer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm so glad you picked that because I was afraid that you guys would be talking about something I haven't read. <laughs> Mike's like, I've read that. I'm aware. Of, I'm aware. Of Not only story. have I read that, but jeez, that was a huge thing for me when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite burn? My like favorite burn. Your favorite burn. Uh, that's probably up there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his Fantastic Four was pretty hard to top for me. 
Yeah, that, that, that's almost that, that almost can't be included on the list. Yeah, Fantastic Four is kind of just you know uh, that, but uh, I always joke that you know about Alpha Flight a lot because that. Now that's my jam, dude. Yeah, that is, yeah. That's looked at as like one of his like seminal works. It's it, not. It, I guess it is. I don't know. But even, well, no, even. I don't think people give it the credit it deserves. No, Even by I, him, no. No, I would agree with that. I mean, you, you can you can buy every issue of Alpha Flight for fifty cents a pop. Cents. So it blew my mind as a kid because it was so original. I knew so, nothing, yeah, yeah. I knew nothing about Canada, yes. so it might as well have been on the other side of the world to me. Because uh-huh. I grew up in Tennessee. Surprised there wasn't Canada. Surprised there wasn't a curling issue. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It, hey. it felt hey, motherfucker. <laughs> it was. It, I felt like I was being smart when I read that comic because I was learning stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. the characters were so different. What is this Manitoba place? Like his characters were so Canadian and so different. They were really original. Well, they were characters. they were new characters. Yeah, well, I mean, so they weren't original. new characters because I mean, because we knew them from X Men. And everybody yeah. makes a big deal about you know how you know uh, uh, North Star is this the the, the first out. Superhero mm-hmm. stuff. He was gay back then. Oh yeah, he was. Like, tough, he, yeah. John Byrne always portrayed him as gay. Yeah. yeah. But he, but at the same, at the time, he just I, as a kid, I'm like, I, I didn't even know what gay was. I was just like, this. He just acts like an asshole, and yeah. there's always a guy with a speedo at his house. But his sister's hot. <laughs> What's going on? What is happening? He's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was gay from. Yeah, he, and I just thought that he was just—he was very eccentric. Everybody was eccentric in that comic. Yeah, well, they're Canadian. Yeah, everybody was really weird in that comic, except for uh, for Vindicator, who they for, called yeah. in the first couple. Of no, not not they, not they. One one person in particular killed him, and Heather. Oh, oh, oh I thought you were talking about a real life person. Oh God, no. Yes, it was Heather's Burn, fault. Burn had a history of drawing women doing horrible shit. <laughs> it's like he's Disney. I know it's great, right? Dude, she interrupted it. She interrupted the countdown. He died. She interrupted. She she walked in. Yeah, I mean, to, to your point, Mike. For the record, you know, as 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 an away collector, I mean, I. I have a few, you know pieces. People say, "What are your grail pieces?" I mean, one of the things that I very much covet is a is a is a burn page from Alpha Flight. I, I would, I would yeah. die to have a page from that. And it's just yeah. they're they're all owned. They're not. There's just none available. It's, I they're, always make the stupid joke that all my comics are just traced off of old Alpha Flight issues <laughs> <laughs> because that's exactly what I used to do when I was in seventh oh, yeah, grade. Absolutely. I would trace old Alpha Flight issues to learn how to draw. Vindicator's outfit was one of my favorite. I mean, especially the mask, the helmet. I love just the, the clean look of that. It was him and him and Captain Britain. I just I I don't know if it was the flag motif. I don't know what it was, but I something about being incorporating a flag into a costume and not definitely. It look but they look cooler than Captain America. Be iconic because flags are iconic. Yeah. You're right. So you're you automatically have that going for you, and if you can turn that into something like Captain America's is good. Oh, it's but great. it's never oh, going to be great. as cool as like Vindicators. No, it was no. Like, that, oh, and you guys go Vindicator or Guardian? Guardian. Well, I, I, he's Vindicator to me initially. Yeah, I, I, I think of him as Vindicator I first. Think as I think, I think of him as Guardian, but yeah, it's Guardian to me. yeah. Uh, my favorite. I think of Heather as Vindicator, but yeah, right. yeah, exactly. My favorite. There's flag, the murder. My favorite flag 
Great costume. Great costume. Are very similar oh. in the way that the that you can make the graphics yeah. like. That's a great fucking costume. Yeah, Union Jack is an awesome costume. Not that you would have any reason to remember this, but uh, do you remember which member of the Alpha Flight you drew in my Alpha Flight Jam piece, Mike? I know. <laughs> you fucking right. That's right. <laughs> For you, that's pretty good. Jesus. Yes, sir. Box, that's right. Box is really hard to draw. That's what I remember about. <laughs> Box yeah. is a neat character. Box is a hit. He was, oh, this is why John Burns awesome and everybody <laughs> thinks that he sucks should fucking die. <laughs> he, he is awesome. He, these things were great ideas. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a guy with no legs. Well, how, but, but and 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 talisman. He, he he's drawing yep. a woman who is not some buxom looking. Is she? No, she's a real person. Exactly. That's how I learned to draw people, by the way, is from John Burns Alpha Flight. I do. I was like, oh, there are different kinds of people in the world. There are auroras, and then there are talismans, and then there are uh, 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 snowbirds. Snowbirds. And, uh, yeah. By the way. Uh, another like uh, groundbreaking character because she was pretty much androgynous. She was yeah. everybody. She, yeah. you know, Walter Lankowski essentially became her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like there, you had your first trans like uh, character essentially there. Yeah, Lankowski was a neat character. Lankowski, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was the most superheroy. Yeah, uh, 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 superhero stereotype because he was a scientist that became a. A giant monster. He was an orange. He was an orange furry hawk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, but the rest of them were just really original. You had essentially a housewife that became a superhero. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, she wasn't a housewife, but that's essentially what she was. She was just kind of on the back. She was the wife. Yeah. Yeah, she was the wife, and then I was like, oh, well, I guess I got to lead everything now. Because mm-hmm. the, they got rid of the Captain America first thing. <laughs> it's like, well, you're gone. Twelve. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So, and the that, whole idea of, of, of beta and gamma flight, yeah. Oh, yeah. You find out it's like, oh, they're the not ready for primetime players, and yeah. then there's the the guys that you don't want on your team because yeah. they're scary, and then there's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah I was so, like, that's so that was brilliant. a great idea. That twelfth issue is still one of my all-time favorite issues. And damn it, that's whenever death mattered yeah. in comics. Oh, yeah. Because when he died, yeah. you didn't throw it down and go, oh, he'll be back in three months. It was just like, holy shit, they just killed the fucking I love I, I I love the whole backup idea for like those first eleven issues, or you got some the, the, the little story, little little five eight pages of a character on the team, and it it took forever for the band to get together. It was just, it, it was it was beautiful. Yeah, that was probably you know that's if you look at the the influence on modern comics, that was probably something that was innovative at the time, and it's become kind of a pain in the ass now. Is that you know back in the day they get they they would get the band together in one issue yeah and after Alpha Flight no you're spending a year getting yeah. getting people you know all on the on the same page well that was the weird it's the weird paradoxical thing about John Byrne is that he is tied to this you know this golden age sort of mentality where he's like comics are comics and you do this but he also had this thing where he had to. This fanboy thing where he had to make things make sense and explain things too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I feel like he must have just been fighting with himself all the time because oh, <laughs> it's just no, like, he's fighting with Chris Claremont. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. So he he was the guy. He's I think he's 
the guy that's if every every uh, guy you see posting on a message board that's arguing with you is a direct uh, descendant descendant of, of, of John Byrne. He's he he's been created by John Byrne. So here's a character from, that I have thought for, I has always stuck in my head from back in that that series that I have been desperate for someone to bring back. And to my knowledge, I mean, I've, I've they've never been brought back. Mannequin. You know where you guys remember Mannequin? All right. I'm, it was the. Spelled with a K? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, M A N I K I N. So it was the dude who could have, he could bring different evolved parts of himself. So he had, there was an amoeba version of him that could like corrode shit. There was like a Cro Magnet version that was strong. Then there was like a big headed future version that could teleport and use mind control. Where was he? What? He was uh, he was part of um, um, uh, what's it called uh, the, uh, the the backup crew uh, uh, Beta Beta Flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Along with uh, like he was with um, Persuasion and uh, what was the name of um, that uh, that 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 like alien looking little the girl character? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Were these early on or were these later? Pretty early on, these were burned. They started to get into the other flights way later on too, when Bill Mantlo started writing and stuff like. That. No, no, this was all burn stuff. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, this was burn stuff. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, it's like Diamond Lil. Was it Diamond Lil? Yeah. Diamond Lil, yeah, Wild Child. Wasn't Marina yep. on one of the other flights before she, she was? was she, she was. Yes. A she was a beta flutter. Yep. Yep. That was an awesome idea. That they and I've seen that used in other. Uh, Goblins, who I'm thinking of. Goblins, the one that looked like like an alien creature. Yeah. 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 The idea of Marina, they've used in other kind of stories too, where she's like this this sweet character who will become the worst horrible beast in the world. Yes. Well, that was awesome. I mean, again, like that's the cool thing about Burn is that I remember like he creates Marina, then she shows up in the Namor book. And then she, you know, evolves into this, you know, this gigantic, you know, sea serpent and uh, the Avengers have to, you know, have to fight her. And then the cool thing is I have to give I think this is I think this was Fraction. I think in Fraction's X-Men run when they move to the to the uh, to the island, um, Marina comes back as a as the sea serpent and they have to fight her. And and I was like, that is dope. Like, I love that. he. Oh, wait, no, wasn't that the list? Maybe it was. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, I just remember seeing her, and I was like, "Oh shit, yeah. she's back!" So yeah, Alan Davis drew that. Yes, yes, my boy, it's my dog. <laughs> you, yeah, I think you are with Alan Davis, like Mike and I are with John Byrne. That's your guy. Well, Alan Davis is definitely. I mean, it's a little different, right? Like, like I mean, Alan Davis, he's got a really crazy original art system, but I have managed to buy some Alan Davis art, so that 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 dream is fulfilled. Oh, but I, it can't I like. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's definitely, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. I mean, I, that's just, yeah, I mean, I didn't get into him until just a little bit after all that stuff. And oh, it's uh, Excalibur. Well, know? that was the no, thing. I, I mean, talking about, he was doing detective comics around that time. Yes. See, I, did, I didn't even know. Yes. I didn't even know he, he did. I didn't know he yes. existed then. I didn't Jason Todd, yeah. He did. I love, I love yeah. his Batman. He was, he was the first, he was, I, he did the first two or three issues of Batman Year Two. And Todd McFarlane finished it. Wow, no kidding. Yes. 
Holy shit, that's some trivia for you. But no, I, I love, love I love Alan Davis too. But now there's an interesting like because we were talking a little bit like like when you okay hold up then did you read I'm sorry did did, did you read the nail? No, oh, the nail is awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, well, the that's that's oh, that's the next thing you got to read. Yeah, you've never that's, read the nail. That's, that's nope. what you got to read for next oh, week. God, that's classic. It's we'll read that. Next yeah. Week. Oh yeah. That's cool. Uh, no, I know it was Alan Davis, but um, but what I was going to say is you know it's funny like when you talk about certain certain people. For me, like. When I think of Alan Davis, though, I can't think of Alan Davis. I think of Mark Farmer. Like I think they belong together. Oh, right. Like, yeah. well, sure. did, you know, did, but did, did the nail? Did that start the Elseworlds? No, Elseworlds was started by Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah. Okay, but was nail? Was the nail? Nail, nail is in Elseworlds. Okay. Okay. I know it was. It was about that time. Yeah. So. Yes. Oh, it's good. It's good. Well, guys, um, did I waste sh- your whole show? Yes, you wasted our whole show. Well, Mike. I feel like half of it was just talking about my stupid comic crap. Dude, that's, that's the, the point of having you. It's all I good, know, dude. But I thought usually you talk about the books you've been reading. We only read it. Well, we did. We talked about Revival, which we've been reading. Mm-hmm. Battle Pugs. Yep. Man of Steel was awesome. Man of Steel was awesome. We should probably do our, our in your travels. Um, uh, I'll go ahead and, and start off just because. Um, uh, Jason already kind of recapped it uh, a little bit a few weeks ago. Uh, I'm super duper excited. I don't know exactly how I'm going to read it though. I I just got the last hardcover of Lock and Key. Oh, I can't wait to be my. Inbo- I think I. It'll be here on Friday. Yeah. I I I got it. I got it delivered yesterday, and I I didn't even thumb through it. I looked. First couple pages and it looks gorgeous. You know everything. What a consistently perfect book. Gabriel Rodriguez is uh, way. He's on my short list of guys that need way more love given to them for the last like in the last five ten years. Like he, nobody, nobody talks about it. Even when people praise Lock and Key, like no one ever. Yeah, true. It's always you're like, right. oh, Joe Hill's Lock and Key's awesome, and it is. Things that you're like, he's he's. He's one of those artists that you're like, I would not expect this kind of artist to be going on this kind of book, which I got a lot with Revival. Yeah. But I'm just like, and it, and it's not like he, you hear that like, oh, if it's like just kind of a generic artist, but he's not. He, he's no, no. He's out of that book, Absolutely. And yeah, he know, killed it. Jay, Jay Photos, his colors on that uh-huh. are so good. It's just such... It's really been a perfect book from beginning to, to almost the, the yeah. end. Which I, I look forward read. to that book the way that I like, you know, save up like a TV series. Oh, I look I look like forward to it like I look forward to like Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, like it's exactly like you binge read it. I'm gonna hunker down, and this yeah. is gonna be awesome. So I don't. It's been it's been a day or two since I read the last one, so I don't know if I'm gonna dive in and read read, read this last one, or if I'm gonna go back and start That's at the beginning. I think I'm going to read them beginning to end. Yeah. Now I think yeah. it's going to the only way to do it justice. So yeah. yeah, I may be I may be doing that for a couple of weeks. So yeah, anyway, respect it. Yep, yeah, yeah, the the last Lock and Key hardcover is out. So that's my uh, that is my Lock and Key in general is my in your. <laughs> now, did you buy the? Did you order it with the slipcase for all of them, or did you just get no, the hard? No, I just got the hard. I got that slipcase coming, baby, baby. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, so, uh, Jason. I, I, or no, David. David. Nope. David. Uh, I am going to say, uh, as I read the second issue today, and it 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 moves along at at a real nice clip, and it picks up right where Robinson 
leftists at the end of the first issue. So I'm going to say the all new invaders. I, I, it, it still looks great by Steve Pugh and it's, it's, uh, it, it's a pretty quick issue because we, we just, we kind of got the whole setup in issue one and, and, uh, any questions you may have had by the end of the first issue, especially with that flashback scene, uh, they kind of, uh, clue you in on it in this one. Uh, but I, I thought it was, uh, really solid second issue getting to where I guess we need to go. And, uh, I, I, it's two issues. So, so far, and there's not a lot to catch up on. So I'll give it a shot. Jason? Well, uh, d- ironically enough, Mike, in his serendipitous way, uh, teased what I was going to do my own travels for, which is uh, which is the Dennis Hopeless-led Avengers Arena series, uh, with most of the art by, at least most of the pencils by Kev Walker, although uh, Alessandro Vitti does uh, a few of the issues as well. Um, but it's uh, the three trades are now out. I just got the third trade an issue, a shipment or two ago. It's an 18-issue series. It is complete. And it was, you know, again, to, to Mike's point, when they solicited this, I mean, um, talk about prejudging. Uh, a lot of people, yeah. like, shout out, oh, it's a fucking Hunger Games ripoff. It's like, what do they get? They're never going to actually kill anybody because they don't kill anybody in comics. And, and uh, in spite of the likely deluge of negativity that was showered upon Dennis and Kev uh, before the book even hit the stands, I think they freaking knocked it out of the park. Um, it, it makes Arcade um, a legitimate threat for the first time in the 50 years the guys existed. Um, it does everything about the premise that you think when you hear the solicit, you think, well, how is this ever going to work? Uh, they make work, and they make it work in an intelligent way that makes sense. It doesn't insult your intelligence. There's no MacGuffins to sort of reset things at the end. <laughs> peep, peep characters actually die. Um there are consequences, you know, and and I have to say, um, you know, there's a mix of characters that are new, and there's characters that you know well, and 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 to to again to Dennis's credit, uh, I think everyone assumed, oh, they're just going to kill off the people none of us ever heard of. Not true, not true at all. In fact, I, I would say your a couple of them left standing are new characters, and and they actually the significance of the journey that they take actually makes them intriguing to, I think we'll see them in, 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 in other stories, but long and the short of it is, uh, I, I think it's really, really a, a well done series that, that stands on its own. Um, it's, it's, it is by definition because it all takes place in, in murder world, um, out of continuity. And I know there are a lot of superhero comic readers that crave those kind of stories these days where they, they like the Marvel and the DC universes, but they don't like when their stories are sucked into a larger event. This doesn't have to worry about that. And, um, and it's well time to get caught up on it because there is a follow up. I mean, Dennis yeah. and Kev are following up with Avengers undercover, which uh, takes a different turn, but is a, is, is at least in some ways a follow up to this series. So, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, I know they're going in a little bit different direction, retitling and stuff, but it is a direct follow-up, and uh, and I, I freaking can't wait. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I just I thought it was terrific, and 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 one of the lesser appreciated of the Marvel Now books. So it is. I think a lot of that had to do with people complaining about it, and then he showed them wrong, and nobody wanted to admit that. So, mm-hmm. so they just shut up about it. There you go. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading. That sounds very cool. 
It is. Well, Mike, you can uh, either tell us what you've been reading or just recap all of your awesome stuff that's coming out. Uh, I haven't been reading a lot, but I'm excited about... I, I just... Uh, Anthony sent me a preview of it. So I will say go buy uh, The Fuse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is a murder mystery on a satellite, essentially. It's a yeah. station murder mystery. The artwork uh, just went up for sale. Uh, Justin Greenwood's artwork just went up for sale on Comic Art Fans, by the way. I would say go get that. It's really cool. It's unique. And Anthony knows what he's doing. I worked with him before, and I would think he's an awesome guy. You worked on him, or worked with him on, what was the... It was called Closer, a graphic novel we did for Omi. Who was the, the anchor on that? Her name was Leanne Buckley, who I was madly infatuated with in the 90s when I was younger. <laughs> she denied my advances and became my anchor. Uh, yeah, well, she's a very good anchor. Yeah, um, uh, but uh, they, uh, I would, I would say, yeah, go read closer. Yeah, closer. Yeah, <laughs> no, go uh, fuse. Go get that. And also, I got in the mail uh, ready set uh, down set fights by Chris Sims and Chad Bowers at Tony. Okay. And uh, I'm interested in reading that. I haven't read it yet, but it looks. Crazy. Chris Sims is in the uh, the 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 podcaster writer guy. Yeah, the guy he writes for Comics Alliance. He, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about wrestling. Um, oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. He's a pro wrestling tweeter. Yeah. And he, uh, I, I, Tim tells me that it was a uh, a reimagined pitch he had for Kickers Incorporated. Oh shit! Oh, and now I now I'm actually interested in reading it. <laughs> if that wow. if you weren't interested in it before, just by the name alone, now you would need to go. Yes. Wow. Kickers. Yeah. What's just, next? The reboot of Cyhawks? I mean, yeah. He had a, he had a pitch for Kickers Incorporated, and people said, "Is you crazy?" And so he said, "Well, I'll yes. make this different." And <laughs> that's awesome. And now it's called Downset Fight from nice. Tony Press, and that just came out too. Well, Mike. It's, this has been fun. Cool. Do it again. Yeah. I'm here. So, so we have... Well, we'll see you on in... Uh, after our 12, 12 year episode, we'll have you on. Yeah. Every, every six years, like clockwork. Yeah. So you got to spare it out. I've been on every other show. So. Oh, before you go, I have to ask you, Mike, because am, am I still like the only person to ever get a full-sized commission from you? You probably are. I don't really do commissions. That's freaking awesome. Is that the flag smasher one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't. I don't really do full size. That is so awesome. You have no idea how. Oh no 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 no. That's that's not true. What? what? Who have I done? With I have I have a Wolverine versus Batman from you. I vaguely remember that. I got that first year. Picture of that. I'd probably want to read it. <laughs> I will send you a picture of that. Oh damn! See now I don't feel special. You feel <laughs> I did. I really did them around the same time. If not, I you must have. Yeah, you did mine at. Um, at, at you you gave it to me at CGS two hundred. Yeah, was a long time ago. Yeah, which was probably what eight years ago. Ask me for commissions all the time. I just can't do them. I don't have time. Yeah. Well, you draw. I mean, I I definitely could say I have more drawings by you than any other artist well, yeah. well getting them at conventions that's where you get them okay yeah i mean i'll gladly draw stuff for people people always ask for like people do the like sign up early stuff and i don't do that it's just like come get them when you can and, and that and i i gladly do it while i can there but yeah i, I can never do commissions for people at home just because i'm i, I fill my schedule up slacker yeah yeah you actually like want to work during the day and then have a life at night 
Well, if you call sitting on a couch covered with pugs just staring at a clock. That's funny. <laughs> I guess it's more kind of, I guess that's some people's nightmare. And so what I'm looking at right now is your This is my life right this now. This is your life right now. Without the microphone <laughs> How often does Paolo ask you if you could start drawing a couple pages? He's so mad at me. I think he's just giving up on me. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to a uh interview with um Fiona Staples. Uh-huh. And uh you know she's all digital as well. Oh, and yeah. uh we use the same program. Oh, do you, yeah, yeah, do you Mongo Studio is that what you use? Yeah. Um, and she was saying that, you know, I guess she's, she's represented, uh, 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 by essential sequential. And, uh, she was saying that like, he's, he's like, he's sort of like apoplectic about the fact that she does all digital. And he's always like, what it was, I, I don't know when she started doing digital, but I started it just a little bit before I started doing anything essentially that people wanted to buy. Right. You know, I wasn't selling yeah. anything, but then I started doing revival, and people were asking me for originals, and I was like, "Oh, now you want it?" Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure the same thing was with her when she starts doing Saga, and then oh, like, yeah. and, and she's probably, I mean, she's probably doing pretty freaking well, but yeah. I'm, I'm sure she's looking at going, "I could have sold those papers." Well, it's interesting because she, you know, unlike, I mean, you you had a a big, big body of work, like you're saying, before you, you did mm-hmm. Revival, obviously. She she really didn't. I mean, she you know, uh, she did Mystery Society. Yeah, and then she did Mystery Society, yeah. um, which is how she actually got hooked up because she, she met, uh, she, she, you know, she worked with, with that book was with uh, Niles, and then she became friendly with him, and then Niles actually recommended her to uh, BKV yeah. when he needed a partner. And the other interesting thing I have to say about, you know, like, because Brian K. Vaughn being like, you know, quote, unquote, Brian K. Vaughn, um, they're 50-50 partners on that book. Which is pretty freaking. The only way to do it with that kind of stuff, and I mean, unless you go in there like a, what well, I'm trying to think of people that well, Kirkman. Does it I was going to say, you mean like, <laughs> like Walking Dead? Does it, now he does it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you go in and you say, "Hey, I own this." Well, and and even with the answer, I went in with with Dennis, and I was like, "Hey, this is you know, this is kind of my thing. You mind if I own this?" And 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 it was going to be like a like a a twenty. 80 sort of thing but after he started writing it I was like you know what let's just be kind of half and half and let me own the name and all the like the yeah. character stuff and you, you, we'll just split it because he he added a lot to it right right so it's more like a 40 60 now than but I mean, like, but that's, I think the point is like, you know, you could yeah. definitely see in that scenario where she really wasn't a name at all. And he oh, was Brian no, K. Vaughn, where he could have said, you know, I'll give you 40%. I would, I own the IP. You know? always been like that. Brian, he's, he's a, he, he knows, how, this is why he is, is, is what he is. Mm-hmm. Because he understands what it takes to make a comic book and how much the artistic side of it is, how important that is to what he's doing. Yeah, that's and really. If you've cool. ever read a Brian K. Vaughn script, it is very cinematic, he, and it, but it's not like somebody that's only written novels or screenplays and trying mm-hmm. to draw, write a comic. Now he knows how a comic is laid out and what how you know the page turns going to be and all that stuff. So he he's one of those rare guys that you know can do everything. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, so yeah, those guys deserve what they're getting. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, before we go, I, I just I um, got to give a quick shout out to uh, Mr. Matt Burden and uh, the FPW crew. Uh, they are offering there, there's a show on Sunday, May 11th, 
um, at uh, Wallington Hall in Surrey. Is this wrestling? It is wrestling. Yeah. And it is uh, – it's so for the UK listeners of our show, uh, they, um, they've they slashed prices on pre-order tickets for the May 11th show for just one week. But uh, F – fpwuk.com is where you can get uh, all the information for that and um, family tickets are reduced by five pounds and single tickets by two pounds until this Sunday so there you go and they have uh, they have a debut and and yeah no there's um he, he keeps sending emails and and it's it's on and popping for him over there it is yeah I'm 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 so giddy for him and and uh, and some things happening over there so yeah British pretty sure it's the same as over here. Well, I'm sure, but that's why I want to see it. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to the UK in June. I'm, I may have to, you know, make a little a side trip and watch some watch some British wrestling. Dude, I can't wait for him to work you into an angle. That'll be great. Oh, like have 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 one of the heels come out and and, and pull and you out of the crowd and start beating on you. That'd be awesome. Rolling Stone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, I'll always yeah. remember the day my brother chased uh, King Kong Bundy off in, in, in at the Omen Arena in Jackson. Really? Oh my God, he wasn't that is awesome. To be where he was, uh-huh. but it was one of those things where you know, because I mean, they, it's, ob- it's obviously a stage thing. But they, he's like, so they, whoever it was that King Kong Bundy was fighting, King Kong Bundy gets chased out of the ring. He runs back towards his 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 dressing room down the the thing. And my br- all of a sudden, I see my brother running after him. <laughs> and I'm like, how did he get down there? That's awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> That's the only time I ever saw wrestling when I was, in, when I was living in Jackson. Well, Mr. Norton, it's been a, it's been a who? I, guys, can we do this again sometime? I, I, I think, think so. I think it's possible. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pencil you in. Pencil us in. All right. Yeah, we had a great time. Uh, thanks again to, uh, to uh, DCBS Discount Comic Book Service uh, for for sponsoring this episode. Vince will be back next week uh, to uh, to drive the boat. But uh, um, big thanks to uh, to Mr. Norton for for sitting in with us and definitely yeah, had a real fun. good time. Yeah, it was nice. Very nice. So. Um, yeah, um, I'm just gonna uh, hang out, finish my beer, and and uh, and pet the pugs here, and that's not code for anything. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But you guys have have a good day. Take out my man. You, you, you what? Oh, we're gonna take out my man. Oh, oh, there you uh, go. Uh, uh, the Avengers annual. Okay, so if I have that yeah. page. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, all right, awesome. You guys have a great week. You too, dude. Right, nice talking to you, Mike. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks, Mike. Thank you.